Um, Man, it feels good to be back. You know, I just, 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 good to be back. Good to be back. <laughs> no, sorry. Okay. I haven't been recorded in a while. Aren't we supposed to open with a prayer? I believe so. <laughs> yeah, dude. After uh, all protocol observed. <laughs> Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we back one more game. Mm. Hit us with something, Philip. Hit us with something. Hit us with something to start the year off right. You know what? I'm going to hit you guys with something that's a little unknown, but it's popped up on my release radar. Oh, John. Yeah, that that clip, Connie clip, in Genzile. Is that a young woman? Yeah, I'm playing this empire. That clip has moved. Genzile being a new living life. Yo, it never fast. It never you reposted that that video. Still in December, you know. It's not still December season. I, I, I got something. I got something as well that I think we need to start with coming back. I got something. I got something. I'm I got mixing something. you in. I'm mixing you. In. Match the BPMs. Okay, I got you. Mat- matching BPMs, a la DJ. Stop all. Let's go. Is it back on YouTube? No. Bring back our song. Look, you guys better enjoy. If in fact, if you want, you can clip that section because you can't find that song no more. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, Phil, uh, this is as as you know, this is not my usual laptop, so I don't have anything on here. <laughs> so, yeah, don't you have a streaming subscription? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, for like you know, all the little uh, clips that we had saved for the intro of the podcast. No, I have those, Dan. As you can see, I've yeah, yeah, got a trusty guide. That's what I was saying. You're going to need to, you know, you need to handle that. So we, okay. so we start this properly. Wait, Phil, wait, 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 wait. Good to go. Wait, no, wait, Phil. People have been waiting months for this. Almost two full months. Mm-hmm. I need everyone to sit down. This might 
you might be overcome with emotion. I mean, you know, this is one of those notifications like you you'll be shopping. <laughs> and you say, Bang! Oh, oh my god, it's happening! It's happening! Not, obviously, not if you're not if you're a patron, you already bun, you've been new. Um, but <laughs> for the rest of you, oh, patrons are demanding refunds. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you. <laughs> 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 Actually, when that refund demand came, it was like, Phil, we got to record. I'm like, you guys should thank the patrons, actually, because who knows when this is going to be back. All right, Phil. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. Let's do this. I'm ready. My voice is warmed up. Mm. Mm. So you can do the things. So, Dennis, are you good to go? I repeat, are you good to go? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Are you reading the instruction manual? Let me hear a drum Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast. It's Two Broke Twin Bows back one more again. My name is Danny, that guy, aka Danos the Mad Titan, aka Denford, aka Denimbi, my life, your entertainment, aka I'm done with these streets. Don't let nobody make a 50 part TikTok about me, aka Akuna Mumwendi Danmo. It's muscle memory, but by by the third episode, I will be back. And that's right, he's here with me, your reliable and trusty podcasty, Philly. Welcome back, guys. That's just joking. See, don't know the mistake, but the unquestionable, the undeniable Phil Jai gave me the last week. Last week, aka Sex and Love, aka Filthy Phil. A.K.A. DJ Mukara at the end of course. Sha, 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 Mori. DJ Ngere What up, what up, what up? I, I, I know, I know. Look, the streets have been clamoring and uh, we have answered the call, the clarion call to action and the two broke tumbos are back once again. If this is your first time joining us, where have you been? We've been almost, we're just a few weeks short of 10 years of two broke tumbos. <laughs> not, not continuous, I but it's been a long time. We've been doing this. Longevity, who you know will be making content for 10 years with Gips, but, but still, still, you know what I'm saying? Before we go too deep into it, Phil, let's let's start off with positivity. Uh, we're gonna begin this year the way we ended last year with some some positive outlooks. We're gonna start with Africans doing it big. Well done to our producer. He he he, he this finally changed it to Africans doing it big after about six months. Um, but no positivity, positivity for positivity. So we got three three Africans we're gonna celebrate. I, I I assume he's taken some off because when I saw this earlier, there was a ton of them. I'm now confused. Let me just refresh you. <clears throat> um, Africans doing it big. We're going to start off this week with uh, a youngster who's only 14 years old by the name of Awakiwe Chawile, a 14-year-old in Popoma High School pupil signed 
to the former uh, Premier Soccer League champions in Zimbabwe, chicken in. First team, 14 years old, playing for the first team. Time, time, we need to discuss child labor laws in sports, bro. What, no, what, what's going on, guys? You know what? I'm, I'm all for a 14-year-old being... Oh, but when, when Arsenal plays Ethan Wanweri, who's 15 years old, then it's like, oh, wow, giving power to the youth. When eh? did I say that? When Liverpool plays Train Yoni, who's 16 years old, it's like, damn, Liverpool's really like building up for the next generation. But when your local Zimbabweans put a 14-year-old... Because, but, now- dude, put a difference, but a return on investment. What is that? Like, if a, if a 16-year-old plays for Liverpool <laughs> and he gets guys his knee, knock on wood, you know, it never happened. But this is a guaranteed insurance policy. Not not to speak ill of Chicken in because, you know, there might be a future sponsor. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, Dan. You know what I mean? They were the champions, so, you know? Okay. And, and what, did, what did they get? Was it chickens? I can't remember. I, I, can't, I can't remember what the actual prize oh, was. Let's see something cool about this chair. Check, check. I don't know why it has this feature. We're currently recording in, uh, in Phil's new spot. Very nice spot. Um, don't, no, 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 no. Don't say that. It's uh, struggling. You, you may hear that the acoustics aren't as treated as we used to. Don't worry. Over time, we'll get there. Yeah, it's yeah. just a new spot. We're setting it up. moved in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's cables everywhere. I'm still trying to find stuff. ETC, ETC. Phil, let's, let's try not be ADHD this year. <laughs> let's I try. must not try, Dan. Once let's again, just let's, try. Let's remember that this Mental Wellness Mondays is one of our key cornerstones. I understand. And also, part of that means that I have to be true to myself and my mental health issues. My my request for is just an attempt. Okay, Dan. When you okay, this is what you do. Give me the ad roll because it's under sixteen seventy five. It's hard to find right now. If you can find me the ad roll, I'm good. I'm locked in. <laughs> Without that ad roll, my one dad. The second African doing it big will also go to a Zimbabwean, uh, none other than Night Freak, who was named in the EDM.com class of twenty twenty four. This is the equivalent of hip hop freshman class, I assume. Mm, mm, I guess, mm, but you know, with money, with my well, yeah. <laughs> shout out, shout out to Night Freak. He was listed in the how many people were in this? There were uh, ten musicians, and uh, he was one of those uh, who was recognized as doing big things in uh, in uh, 2023. And uh, man, look, I, I think that's very cool, man. Shout out to Night Freak. Um, <clears throat> this is let me, let me just read for you the paragraph as of EDM.com. Night Freak weaves sun-kissed melodies through moonlit grooves, crafting raw Afro house that shimmers with ancestral wisdom. His sultry beats bloom from deep roots to tell visceral stories of his home of Zimbabwe, leading to support from Black Coffee, Kina Music, Tiesto, and many more elite producers. Eat church, Night Freak! Congratulations, man. Class of 2024 uh, in EDM.com. And then uh, since we're celebrating Africans, let's go over to South Africa. Um, just over there by Arcadia in South Africa, the biggest night in music turned out to you also be... We, I know, Dan, hold on. Hold on, hold on, Dan. Actually, I, wanted to, I actually wanted to record up this episode because I was like, you know, Dan, this is a, this is a good weekend. Let me say what it is first. No, no, no. Because you need to remember, this, this weekend here, okay, first there was AFCON happening, then mm-hmm. there was... Reese Williams was like, you shall not pass. It's unfortunate how it ended, but okay. Know what I mean? But he was like, you shall not pass. You shall not pass. Okay. And then Tyler was there on stage with a mom and a pop. Like, what the heck? And I was like, oh, so I was just making music. Oh, and I was like, it's kind of appreciating. I <laughs> Congratulations to 22-year-old Tyler Laura Sethel, known as Tyler, who uh, 
won herself a Grammy there for Best African Music okay, Performance. Okay, wh- why do you have to be a caricature now, Dan? Why are you being racist? You see, this this is hitting close to home, Phil, so I understand. But this is what we normally do, <laughs> Phil. If, we, if, if we're talking about Italy, we wouldn't be talking. <laughs> so now we're talking about... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Durban, Durban, South Africa. So we're going to talk like that. And listen, I'm, I'm not from there, so I'm not going to have a perfect accent. Wait, I'm is she gonna... Durban or is she Cape, Cape Town? My wife tells me that's definitely Durban. I don't know if she's Cape Town. She you? listened to it and she was like, no, that's Durban. Yeah, but And I was like, I don't know, are you and sure? You know, I think you know, she my mother, she's my, my mother grew up in Durban. She says, she says she's Joburg. But my wife is like, no, I refuse. That's Durban. I was like, I, I don't know. She says Joburg, though. So. Oh, so your wife says you're not ripping the set? She's not ripping the set? <laughs> I don't know, man. But, is it, but isn't, your, your, isn't your wife East Rand? Why, 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 is, she, no, 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 why is she not gatekeeping the Western Cape? She's East Rand. <laughs> huh? When did she become the West Cup president? <laughs> no, she's not gatekeeping Cape Town. She's gatekeeping Joburg because Tyler <laughs> says she's from Joburg. Let me just, let me just see what her, what her Wikipedia says. <laughs> yeah, it says Tyler was born on 30 January 2002. Hey, <laughs> this is how you know we're getting old. What? Fam, I was doing logarithms in 2002. I was doing F is equal to MA in 2002. <laughs> anyway, she was born in 2002, Johannesburg. No, but shout out to her, man. Congrats. You know what? So just there's just a couple of things I wanted to say. So first of all, Tyler's obviously like a really dope pop act, right? She can clearly sing. And obviously she's got that charisma, you know, because every time you've seen her do any interviews or photos, I remember seeing like on the Grammy red carpet, you know, they have that slow motion camera that they always post of like, she did hers and it was like, everyone was like, yo, this has to be the best one. And she's, she's clearly got that star power level of charisma. She's being authentic, maybe even exaggerating her accent a little bit. I love it. Do it. Do it, sis. Do it. What the heck? And then, yo, my problem is, I think, I think people don't think it takes talent to be a pop act. Not only, not only talent. I think a lot of people discount the, the mental fortitude. Like working a song is, it's excruciating. You have to go city to city, open up to new crowds. Do you know like how hard it is to perform to people that don't know who you are? Mm. And maybe it's a song that they heard, like they vaguely remember on radio. Maybe they haven't even heard it at all. And they're like, who are you? Keep in mind, especially like for someone like me, and I think you, Dan, we've seen Tyler do her artist development in the public eye. From getting late until now, that was, that's, that's been a lot of work to get to where she is in such a short space of time. And getting, getting late, she was 17. Yeah, it was pandemic. I know it was, yeah, pandemic. 2019. So it was 29. It released in 2019. I think it really popped off 2020. Yeah. 17. And uh, she's so young. She's young, man. And she's doing the thing. And you know what? Shout out to Garth, man. That guy, uh, whoever you pray to, please let me know. Because, yo, ah, he hits home runs. We have one. And also, wait. Uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Don't Go ahead. Get off. Shout out to the, the team at ACA. Shout out to our boy, Mzwa, who's also part of the team at ACA. There's also a Grammy win for them. So shout out to them, bro. Is, is, it, it, uh, is it the same team that had Shoma Josie? I don't want to speak out of turn, but Garth, um, Garth was working with Shaw, and then he started working with Tyler. 
Um, I actually haven't bothered to ask as to what happened when ACA took over. Um, but he was involved with it in the early career. I don't want to uh, speak out of turn regarding that, but I do know he was involved with it in mm-hmm. the early days because getting late, that was definitely him and he was definitely doing the direction. I don't know what the level of involvement is now. Also, shout out Zim Connection because Tyler's first song, Getting Late, was produced by Cool Drink. Shout AKA, out Munya. AKA, is it not Munashe? Muna- oh, yeah. Munashe, shout out Munashe, AKA Cool Drink. Do you know what's actually wild? And I think we dropped the board. Remember when Gordon was still working for us and Gordon was like, yeah. yo, we guys need to interview this guy. You know, yeah. bottom line up, GGG. And then we just couldn't find the time. Ah, now it's too late. It's not too late. We can still reach him. We can still reach him. We'll get Cool Drink. That would be a dope interview, honestly. I'd love to hear his story. But yeah, so that's a uh, shout out to Tyler for winning a Grammy there. Shout out to her, man. That's, that's actually a dope story, man. I don't know why people, I don't know why people hate. I'm not even going to address it. Finally, um, want to shout out uh, a Zimbabwean who's going to be joining the World Youth Festival. Guess where it's being held, Phil? The World Youth Festival. The World Youth Festival. If you guess the world, you're right, but I feel like you can be more specific. Quick, quick. The World Youth Festival is the largest global youth event in the world. And it is being held from March the 1st to March the 7th in none other than Russia. Mother Russia. The president of Russia, Vladimir Putin, has officially decreed that it will be held on this serious federal territory. Anyway, so uh, youth representatives from all around the world have been invited and uh, will be uh, showcasing at this World Youth Festival. I don't know exactly what they'll be showcasing, but one of the 20,000 Young leaders out of 300,000 that applied that will be going is a Zimbabwean by the name of Kudzaiti Nago. He's, he's a, he's a, I can't, I, I, I saw his picture and I couldn't tell if he was a videographer or a photographer, but uh, he's the man behind Tigzozo Media. So congratulations, Kudzaiti Nago. I don't know if now's the greatest time. I, like, I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if now's the greatest time to be going to Russia. Mm, or it could be the opposite. This could be the best year. Also possibly true. All right. So that's first bit of business out of the way. Um, how y'all doing, man? It's been a while. How's uh, how was the transition over from 2023 to 2024? How was uh how was your December, your January? January was rough for me, Phil. Mm-hmm. It's quite rough. January. Yeah, no, for me it was it was, it was uh, <laughs> that was homeless. <laughs> and, oh, <laughs> uh, January was uh Look, it was rough, but you know, you know what they say, you know, uh, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you stopped. <laughs> so I was gone. So when I, mean, I saw those messages coming, oh, when's the podcast coming? I was like, I'm fine for my life, man. You <laughs> fighting yeah, for my life. No, I, <laughs> do you know, I, I think it's part of just becoming an adult. Angie. I was dealing with a lot of stuff, as you know, Dan. So, like, obviously, it's been ongoing for a year, but I think particularly December, January, it was just workload, stress, a lot of things happening, being homeless. <laughs> I exaggerate, but I was homeless. <laughs> and um, I was like, yo, I'm 35. My parents had me when they were in their 20s. Mm-hmm. How? Can you imagine? Like, I can't imagine dealing with what I'm dealing with. And still, I'm talking about school fees. Uh, I, 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 honestly, I, this is one of those situations where you look like, I have work colleagues. I have people that report to me and I know their salaries. I'm like, the same pay that I have, you guys pay school fees. What? How? How are you doing this? No, I know. Shout out to y'all. But it it wasn't just it wasn't just money problems. Just like man, the world's been rough, man. 
But uh, yeah, we to be to be honest, we were supposed to come back sometime mid January, and then there were several conversations where Phil was like, "Yo," uh, and I was like, "Yeah, cool, let's not do it." <laughs> and, and then there were other times I'll be like. Yeah, so what about this? It feels like, yeah, no. Like, okay, cool. No, not doing it. I, honestly, <laughs> I, was re- I, I was ready to come back like three weeks ago. I wasn't, like, obviously I wasn't in the best space, but I was like, yo, we have to, the show must go on. And I was like, ah, no, but I, uh. then there's some behind the stuff, behind the stuff, stuff I needed to sort out. I was like, you know what? Let me sort out this stuff first so that we, we come back, Chi. Sort it. No, I guys, I was fighting for my life in January. I don't want to lie to you. Mm. Tell us that. What are we fighting? What is happening? You know, I think <sighs> that's what our listeners come to. You know, they come for their personalized experience. But they feel like they know us. You know what it is. Mm. So, I mean, January is always obviously tough. January disease is a joke that goes around, right? Cool. There's that. But I don't know. Zim was just hitting especially hard in January. I don't know. I don't know what exactly. It was just Zim was hitting hard. You know what I'm saying? Zim had hands in January. Mm, yeah, that it did. I think, I think pretty much even from November, like, which we were very busy throughout November, December. And I was just at a point where I was like, yo, I'm so happy to be working again. I'm so happy to be productive. But my body was telling me, my brain was telling me, Phil, need rest, need rest, need rest, need rest. And I was like, yo, let me just finish this stuff and I'll rest. And my body was like, Phil, we're telling you, bro, need rest. And what did it do? Like, I pushed through, pushed through, pushed through. And then every, like, once a week, at least one day, or like maybe one day every two weeks, like, my body was like, you're not leaving bed. And for sure, like, that day, I literally could not leave bed. And that's what happened today as well. Like, my body was just like, Mm-mm, you're not leaving bed. And now, now instead of happening once a week, it's happening twice, three times a week. So now my body's just like, so when are you going to take a break, bro? So, or, or do we have to force you to do this? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we want to, we want to stay positive. Also, I mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm using a little bit of hyperbole. I'm still very grateful for my life. It's not like I was, I was re- like really that bad, but it was a, it was a rough month nonetheless. Um, but yeah, um, there's a lot of things that uh, happened in our absence. Um, listen, a lot of the stuff we discussed in the Patreon group, uh, sorry to you guys who are not in it, but as things were happening, we were having live discussions, uh, reacting to certain things, everything from the Grammys to new music to Cat Williams and all that. I mean, you I know. know. We, well, we gave brief ones. I think we need to actually, I think that's what you do. Like, maybe we should make this section like a patron exclusive where like we just discuss because so, we promised patrons that we'd respond to certain things. We, we have, we already have a patron exclusive. This is an experiment. I, I, I want to see if it works with your indulgence, Phil, as well. Um, for the longest time, we've wanted to give something special back to the patrons because honestly, this podcast would not exist. Uh, it would not still be on air if it wasn't for the patrons. So um, this is how we're doing things at the moment. We, we review all the, the top stories of the week, package them together nicely, and share it with our patron group to vote for which ones they'd like us to talk about. The most voted for topic will be a patron exclusive. So those of you who are listening who are not patrons, you'll, just, you'll know that we addressed it, but you won't actually hear it. We're not punishing you in any Wait, way. But how are we going to do that? So remember, there's, there's two ways. So one, our producer is going to remove that section and have it as a standalone that we will share in the WhatsApp group. But the, f- but the full, the full episode, the full episode will be available on Patreon. I think what we need to do, I think what we need to do 
is but then that also is going to give us two feeds okay wait we'll workshop this behind the scenes hold on Dan. yeah we'll workshop we'll make it work it's not it's not a big deal not a big deal we're not the but, first people to do this no but i i i'll, I'll explain it, but i don't want i don't i want us to keep controlling our, our rss feeds i don't want our rss feed to belong to or to be coming from patreon i agree i don't think the rss feed should come from patreon i just mean a specific clip can be accessible only through patreon but anyway we can we can work out the details of how to put it across and the purpose behind this again like i'm saying is we're still going to give you dope content and so on but there's just a little special that we share with our patreon subscribers just so that we can keep that relationship going and say thank you to them and and you know uh, and give them what they request the most i feel like there's gonna be a little bit of gatekeeping going on because people are now gonna start voting for you know like no this this is the premium stuff but anyway yeah so before we get into it phil uh you wanted to talk about this uh, tiktok situation which i referenced in my intro so, I don't want to talk. Well, it's 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 very topical. I've only got up to part twenty, <laughs> and so you know the, the thing is like I, I obviously people kept sending me things. So I was like, you know, let me check it out. And then I saw how long the first one was. I was like, ah, Jack, I'm not doing this. And then also I got tired of having to hold my phone, so I would stay in two X mode. Obviously, there's another way to do it, but then you constantly have. To, so I was like, wait, surely someone has summarized all the key points on YouTube. I went to YouTube expecting them to... No, no one's done it. No one's done it. What they have done is they've compiled all the parts together. So this is how wild it is. If you've watched all 50 parts, you've watched the whole series of Griselda <laughs> with bonuses because parts 1 through 30 are four and a half hours, Dan. Parts 31 to 50 are another 90 minutes. That's six hours of this woman lying. <laughs> okay, before we get, if you're wondering what we're talking about, it's a, it's something I kept seeing it everywhere, and I was like, "There's no way I'm watching a 50 part TikTok." But anyway, and it just kept on coming up. So basically, this lady puts up a a story. She's telling a story through TikTok, and she breaks it down into 50 parts. Each of the parts range from like three to five minutes of no, ten minutes, ten minutes, ah, even worse, even or maybe so. It was just the intro that was that was uh, I think it was like four ten, minutes something. Ten minutes. It's like between eight and ten. That's why if you do the math, right, thirty parts for an half hours. So literally, she's just telling the story of the person that she got married to, who she says is a, a pathological liar. And then she like essentially brings the receipts for the different things that he did. So I was like, I started it. And then I saw how much was left. And I was like, yeah, I did the same thing. You were like, no, I'm sure someone has summarized this somewhere. I did a quick search on Twitter and I found, oh, someone did some cliff notes. I can give you a very brief summary if you're not going to watch a 50-part TikTok. So if you are, skip ahead now. <laughs> but I think Dan, uh, uh, so are you going to cliff note the whole thing or what? I'm, I'm going to cliff note the cliff notes. Oh, so, so, so these cliff notes, are, are, are these, these are the cliff, These are the cliff notes, no. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> why? But also, what's up with the text formatting? Like, why, know, dude. why haven't they bulleted them new lines? No, oh, God. This is a pet peeve of so, mine. Someone, they're not being paid to do this. No, but if you're going to do something, do it properly, man. <laughs> okay. In fact, I'm going to do the cliff notes, the cliff notes, the cliff notes. Basically, this lady goes on and talks about how she met this man who she thought was the one. Uh, as time went on, he started acting a little bit funny. She went for counseling. And then uh, apparently the counselor was like, yeah. You should have come to see me before you yeah, married. Yeah. Oh, you see, they went to counseling after they got married. No, Sorry, but keep, no, keep in mind. Oh, Dan. Okay. Now, now, I've, now, because I've watched it, there's certain details that she brings up where I'm just like, man, this is a red flag number one, red flag number two, red flag number three. So like red flag is she's never met his family. Yeah. This is throughout the relationship, especially before they got married. Day, no, day number one, flat tire. This guy comes with his car 
Um, she meets him on Hinge, but so he was there. They were she was on online dating, on Facebook dating, and on Bumble. Mm. They matched on both platforms, but he had different names on different. Like one platform was his real name, the other name was his nickname. And he had, so that was an inside joke. But anyway, she was like, I should have realized that. The other thing is, I think I fled tire. Uh, burst on way to the date. Ma'am, that was God telling you go home. But you, you see, do women listen? No. So she now calls him. He comes. He sorts the fat tire. Phil, you're really into this action. I, I actually, <laughs> you should see his face light up right now. And then the, and the, the, the thing is like, she's, she's touching on all, to be frank, and I, I don't mean to be rude to description, but yo, this is all, all I mean while she's talking is <laughs> bird calls because it, it's bird season. She's like, oh my God, he was 6'5". He looked exactly like his picture. Mm, girl, can you imagine? He changed my tie. Got me a new tie. I'm like, That's my boo right there. That's my boo. So he, like a week after this, COVID hits. A week after date number one, COVID hits. Now they're having discussions about where are we? Where are we quarantining? After one date, madam, like they, you should have just stamped desperate <laughs> over your forehead, desperation, because the signs are all there. This man claims he's a VP of a prominent condiment company. <laughs> he's staying in a studio flat, driving a Ford Taurus. There's, like right now where I am is like there's a wild section where he's got a company car, but he doesn't bring the company car home. The company car stays at the company because he doesn't want to bring the company car home because it's not safe. And I'm like, ma'am, how stupid can you be? What's the purpose of buying a company car? So if the company car stays parked at where he works and he drives to and from work using his car, what value is he gaining from having a company car? It's so easy to dissect a scam and point no, out the no, points no, that no, you were no, stupid no, at. No, no, but Dan, you're right. It's very easy to play Monday morning quarterback retrospective Gigi. But at the time also, <laughs> because even she was like, the thing that confuses me is like, she's like, she even started saying, I could tell things were off. So I started keeping an audio journal and I was keeping the audio journal so I could keep track of these guans. This is after they were married, right? No, before us. Because keep in mind, Dan, once again, the only reason they ended up getting married so quickly is like a month into their relationship, she got gungst. And she was like, yeah, hey, no, I'm religious. He was like, yes. And that's, that's like, there were so many red flags, man. Like, why are you having a child with someone you don't even know? Okay, Phil, can, can, I, can, I, can I ask you this? As a man who has seen his way of the world, what advice can we give the girlies to make sure that they don't find themselves in these scammery situations? Then, and the thing is, right? I think it's just it's just application of common sense. I think common sense goes out the window when there's love and feelings. No, so, so we need something more tangible than no, common no, no. sense. Do you know? Do you, she was on the right track, but and that's why I think she's lying because a lot of these things aren't making. It's not adding up. It's not making sense. Okay, I'm I'm gonna give you guys. I'm gonna give you three tips. I don't even know what they are yet, but I know no, they come to me as so, I speak. So, the, the tip tip number one is deliberately, obviously, don't withhold affection. Don't think, but ask questions. Make sure you you see where he stays. You meet his family. Don't date someone for a year. Don't marry someone and you've never been to their job. You've never seen what they do. Ma'am, this guy claims he was a VP of a prominent company. 
if you're a vice president of a public company, do you know what's going to happen? If I Google your name, your LinkedIn is going to pop up. So, so are you encouraging Googling people before you officially date? And especially women, stalk him. I encourage it heavily. Obviously, don't don't cross over to criminal stalking, <laughs> but do some basic background checking so that if you disappear, your friends will know. She, yo, she said she was going on a date with Dan. We know Dan's number. We know where Dan works. We know this is where Dan probably lives. This is Dan's number plate. Stuff like that. Just basic stuff. So, okay, that was going to be one of my tips as well. A basic Google. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't encourage start off from a base of suspicion, but maybe for the sake of safety. No, yeah. But no. at the very least, just like you met someone, he seems cool, he's all good, he tells you ABC, just do a quick Google, man. Just do a quick Google. And if you can't find information, that's when you can start putting in suspicion. But if there's, it's pretty clear, there's, it's not a hastily put together fake Facebook account or something, but it's pretty clear, oh, there's a person that exists. This is someone who's actually who he says it is. That is, that's one thing I would say. The second thing I would say, <laughs> When you're when you get to a relationship stage, things are different. But in early stages, I'm talking about talking stages. If he's asking for money, that's that should get your spidey senses going. Because in general, a man knows like, hey, I don't feel good asking. You know what I mean? I don't feel good. when we're in a relationship, ah, things can happen, you know, talk to Taura and Gigi. But you're telling me like shortly after you guys started talking. He's asking for money. I mean, most men don't think that way. Most men don't think, they don't think that way. They would, they would rather, I would rather go in debt somewhere to take you on a date or to go out with you or whatever than to ask you for money. Not early on in a relationship. As time goes on, Yana. No, I mean, early on in a relationship, if a dude is asking for money and you guys haven't established or you haven't even had to have a conversation, yeah, you have to ask questions. And obviously, like, I've been blessed enough to, to have a woman hold me down. You know what I mean? Like, you know, babe, I can see things are rough. Scammer! Or... Phil is a scammer! Okay. Ah, standard. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's Phil, that's different. I'm not talking, I'm talking about, hey, your girlfriend holding you down in a rough month or whatever. Cool. Not a problem. We just met, we went on a date, and then tomorrow I'm asking you, oh yeah, uh, I just have a payment that I need. No, no, no. Red flag straight away. So basic Google, the red flags thing. And then the other thing I was gonna say is. It's not, it's not possible for a well-adjusted, normal man to never introduce you to family, friends, co-workers in six months, a year. Not possible. No ways. Surely you guys are going to do, you're going to do some social stuff. You're going you're gonna to meet someone. You're going to interact with someone. You're going to, you never meet anyone. Another red flag. I think those, those three basic tips. Surely, even if you're feeling a little bit of butterflies in your stomach, head over heels and so on. And I feel the same way about, about you know, when women are like, I didn't know he was married. I, I, those same three rules apply. Man. So I think with age and experience comes like new perspective. So I do think dating is hard, right? Mm. There was this, I don't know if you watched um, Saturday Night Live like two weeks ago. The, the episode JLo was on. No. So there's a skit where it's like the morning, it's a morning show. And then they've got like a, a field reporter who's out in the street. And he's like, just, it's a week before Valentine's. So he's like, yo, we're out here just trying to figure out how couples met. And every couple he speaks to, it's a tragic, like painful, like just an unhealthy relationship. 
and you realize, yo. And I was like, quite a common story. It's actually like a like you know, like relations were tough. And then I was watching. In fact, just before you move on from that point, it's I don't think it's a safe question to ask. How did you guys meet anymore? Not only that, it's like the nature of the relationship because some of these relationships are just that. Like, yo, he's married. I'm the I'm, I'm the second wife. I'm the side chick. Um, <laughs> we're both cheating on our spouses. Like we we joke, Dan, but th- this is a common thing. Like it it, it might be more common, in, or it might seem more common now because of social media. But I, also, this is like I'm I'm not an anthropologist, but I'm sure then being the nerd, I'm gonna start digging into this over the next few weeks when I get some time. But then, like one of the other things is, I this you, weekend being robbed. This weekend, I was forced to watch Color Purple. And I, I'm, I wasn't. A, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that movie. Not because it's not good, but I remember watching it as a kid. I'm just not a fan, a fan of black trauma. Mm. And I vaguely remembered the movie. Like I, I remember the "Till You Do Right" by me. I, re, I remember those scenes, and I just remember like, yo, this woman was getting her ass kicked. She was getting raped. I don't want to watch this no more. And that was the thing, right? And watching it again as an adult, it gave me more, more perspective because I'm like, yo, you've got this family dynamic where. Where stepfather is raping his stepchildren, he marries one off to an abusive man who's already got three kids. This man has an on and off again relationship with the music star who comes back, and while he's married to this woman, he's sleeping with the music star, and he's forcing the wife to make food for the music star that he's sleeping with. You know, the music star now ends up having a uh, um, a relationship with the wife. Then that man's children. Are you not spoiling up- the movie here, Philip? Dude, if you have, by now, if you don't know the, the plot of Color Purple, I don't know what you've been doing with your life. But anyway, the long story short is it's a small community of like 12 people with these intermingled and interlaced, almost incestuous relationships, right? Mm. And it wasn't out of place, so to speak. These are common things. I think the the, the mistake that we've made is what was deemed to be the ideal was somehow conflated with the norm when it's not necessarily the truth. Like you, Dan, I think it's it's a, it's a great story how you got married, how you're in love, etc., etc. Hoping so, you know. Mm-hmm, hope, hope. Mm-hmm, yeah. But but your story is not the norm. It's the ideal, but it's certainly not the norm. And even while getting to the norm, I'm sure like there there, there was some scares, some horror stories, some some issues along the way. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. I think people aren't very honest with that. And because people aren't honest about their experiences, about these things, and always just pushing the ideal, it gives people this false sense of just impracticality where anything that looks relatively close to what they want, they, they're snapping at it. Just before we started recording, we're, we're discussing a relationship that, you there's a lot happening there, right? And... Sometimes it was just going to be like, yo, if you're an adult and you made a decision. You got to live with your decision. The amount of red flags this woman ignored is insane. So I'm still, I, I, I'm starting to like, the longer she goes, the mom like, ma'am, there's no way this is real. Because, and it might not be fair, but my, my reasoning is um, amongst all this stuff, right? You are telling a very well articulated story. Mm-hmm. You are recalling facts like with pinpoint precision. Mm-hmm. We went down this road, we did this, we did that, we did that. But, but at the same time, if the bridge has been burned to this extent, why 
have you not shown us a photo? There's multiple times when she's recording, right? And I, it may be petty of me, but there's multiple times she'll be like, yo, I was, I was here, I'll, I'll, I'll pull up a photo of this. Or I was here, I'll put it in the comments. Or I'll, I'll remember like when I'm done editing. She never does. And I think people are so enamored with the story. They're forgetting like, ma'am, you keep saying you're going to show receipts about something. And you never show those receipts. This is what I was telling Phil before we started recording. Obviously, assuming, assuming everything she said is true. And this is just, I never watched, like I said, I never watched the full 50 part. I just read the cliff notes and I'm trusting someone else's summary of what happened. There's a lot of wild stuff, lies, things that were hidden, um, things that were said in a certain way and all of that. But my impression afterwards was, Yo, this ain't actually that bad. <laughs> it's bad. Mm-mm. It's just not as bad to the the way it's become so viral as if it's, yo, this is a horror movie worthy. Do you, hang on. Let me tell you why it's not that bad, fool. As we speak right now, as those are listening to this podcast right now, they are currently experiencing exactly that level of uh, lies, hiding, etc. If not worse. We were just talking about someone who's a, in a very, very unfortunate situation in their relationship. I, I would put that at the same level as this, this story that was told. Possibly. And I think it's, and I think that, 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 that I'm saying like, it speaks to the storytelling ability of this person. You guys are doing it now. You are experiencing it now. Look at your man right but, now. But also, and, and that's the thing. When you're sending money to stop it. <laughs> and the, the part that. That's not making sense to me. Is, and I'm only on part 18, by the way, right? <laughs> Apparently, part 27, there's a plot twist that, that, that shakes the table in a great way. The thing that's, that's not making sense to me is, already at this point, she's caught him lying dead to rights. Like, literally caught him lying dead to rights multiple times. Why are you still there? And she admits, no, 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 no. But then that's the thing. So then she, and then like she'll, she'll find like, you know, I, I don't want to make myself seem bad, blah, blah, blah. So to her credit, well, I don't know, maybe make the story, but she admits like, yo, Blouse was paying the bills. Like he was here. I, I wasn't, I, he, was, he wasn't paying my bills, but all the household stuff, he covered it without fail. Rent was paid a month in advance. Utility bills covered, Gigi. But then also, She's saying the homie's a VP, but he's driving a Ford Taurus. Then the part that made me laugh, I couldn't stop I couldn't stop laughing at this part. She's she's now describing his work, his work routine. Mm. She's like, for a year during the pandemic, he'd leave the house at 6:15, he'd come back at 3, 4 o'clock every day. That's that's the story. I'm just mm. He's like, when he'd leave, like he wouldn't necessarily wear like a burn-up tie. Because he's now she's trying to like dress it down, like dress it up and, and cover for himself. She's like, he wouldn't wear like a suit and tie, like he he'd wear like a dark blue shirt and you know some dark blue pants and then like some some rubber sole shoes um you know like he wouldn't dress like a typical executive because like he'd be like you know he's walking through the floor all the time so it doesn't make sense for him to wear a suit blah 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 blah, blah. and i'm just like for some of you, why are you still there is your payoff line. 
<laughs> yeah, our companies have payoff lines. <laughs> Why are you still there is your payoff line? <laughs> so I've given up trying to understand that. But, I No, I haven't even finished the word that. Mm. Then what Okay, just business description. How do you think he goes to work dressed? Oh, oh, this is the guy, this is the Kevin. He's like, oh, what he'd do is he'd call me every day from work in between meetings. But whenever he'd call me, he'd always be on the factory floor because like it was his job to inspect the factory floor. But he's a VP. A VP. Mm. Is it? No, wait, I know. I, no, I think at this point he was general manager. Mm. Then he became VP. And I'm like, ma'am, just from that description, you couldn't realize that Blas was a line worker. So he's a VP or even a general manager. Not once has he taken a meeting from home during the pandemic. Every day has to go to the work office. Not once have they said, yo, we need to, we need to spray the factory down. Can you just hop on this tea on this Monday morning stand up? Nothing like that. Ma'am, did you even see this guy respond to an email at Cabin? <laughs> oh, then the kicker is Andika dude says he's got three bank accounts. He says, no, multiple bank accounts, but he's got like three in America, one offshore. offshore yeah. mm. Then he, he produces a letter from Chase that says he's got proof of line of credit. These people are looking for a house. 25 houses later. Because they keep getting rejected for these offers. Mm. Because, and it always usually sticks around proof of funds. You're telling me after house number five, you didn't realize, maybe Blas Anamari. It took you 25 hours to realize with that Anamari. Because he was claiming he had cash for it. No, then the other thing, this dude makes, uh, takes her for months making a test drive cars, says I'm buying you a BMW. She's now done her research on the BMW. Tells her, yo, the BMW is coming tomorrow. She takes time off work to receive a BMW. BMW doesn't arrive. Ah, no, there's an issue. It's coming over the weekend. Weekend comes, doesn't arrive. But apparently the car's been paid for. So, like, ma'am, at a certain point, you knew what you're dealing you, you made a conscious decision to be like, but I'm staying. Do you know there's a saying in Shona? Have you ever heard that? Apparently, it's a common statement. A man who doesn't lie doesn't get married. You're going to have to lie a little bit, Phil. You know what I'm saying? Just, just a little. It's one of those things. <laughs> I can't believe that's a, that's a standard that's pushed. It's not even a joke. It's good for us, but... <laughs> oh, my girlies. All right, all right, Phil. Let's get to our main talking Let's point. get to the... Uh, okay, one other thing we've already discussed that's been... Setting social media plays. Mm. Um, and I think it's, it's very linked to this, actually. Actually, this, this is a great segue. Well mm. done, Dan. Uh, the baddies are down bad. It has not been a good few months for the baddies. I don't know if you've been following the news, Dan, but Kefi Boo set the internet ablaze a few weeks ago. And it turned out that she, she faked Aurora. And she's apparently made... Be, be true, planning to be betrothed to a married man who already had two wives and then the, the wives are not happy about this information. Turns out that was just a photo, photo shoot according to her. Um, and then now there are questions about finances and what she's doing and where she's been getting funds and this time the third. Then Cyan Bougie, she's down bad. Her, her, her daddy left her. She was on Instagram live crying about Paying rent for the first time in her life a few weeks back. I don't know if you saw that. I, I'm so glad I've missed it. Londy London, um, a few months ago, six months ago, actually. 
She tweeted about getting a brand new BMW from her boyfriend. Um, last week, she was arrested for driving a stolen BMW, <laughs> which is one of the BMWs she's given to my boyfriend. And th- it goes on and on, Dan. It, it has not been a good time uh, for, for the Barry community. And I think it's important to say, guys, unless he's very generous, right? Very generous. No man, especially a hardworking man who's making his money in an honest way, is just giving you a car, a girlfriend allowance, a house, chi, 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 with hard-earned money. If it's money he scammed a mbuya for, ah, he'll give it, throw it away, quick, fast. And you guys need to start being realistic because now they're all acting all subtractive. Oh, he was involved in criminal enterprise. No. Well, they know, obviously. They, of course they, they know. know. It's, it's, I don't even, honestly, I don't even blame them. Here's, here's a, here's a, here's a random question, right? I saw Crims listed it in our talking points and I didn't think we were either going to talk about it. But realistically, if Wicknell came to you and I was like, you know what? I think you worked out last year. You helped out one of my boys. Here's your Here's your, your I, I know I now I know we've we've had this podcast for too long, Dan. We've had this discussion before. Not with that same person, but with the same principle. In, I, I understand. But the the way we the way we had it was when it was tied to strings. No, it wasn't tied to strings. The point ah that one was tied to strings. When but, we when we were talking about back then, that was tied to strings for the Which one, the brick that they offered me. Yes. Uh, this would be and you don't think this is tied to strings? Obviously, everything. There's nothing for free. Yes, everything is somewhat tied to strings. But the point that I'm trying to get across is, I won't blame someone who takes it. Bl- I will. I will look at you sideways, because your moral compass, and I obviously I can't expect everyone to have the same. Like obviously, I, and I'm not speaking from a place of privilege. Like I can I can afford to say no. Literally, I can afford to say no. There are some people who are, sha. Every day, I'm struggling to pay bills. I hear you, but without taking away from that point, we inter- if there's a line to interpret where, on a scale, at which point is it crossing the line? For some people, taking a gift is crossing the line. For other people, receiving business from someone who's associated with that person is crossing the line. While someone else will be like, hey, business is business. To other people, it could be a very far, it could be, listen, the company is owned by Ningi, who's related to Ningi, who's what, 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 who actually hired this agency and that's the one who's hiring you. And that person will be like, yeah, no, that's not good enough for me. For some people, I'm never going to eat from McDonald's again because they're supporting this whole situation that's happening in, in uh, Gaza. For other people, I can't, I won't blame you for saying you're still eating McDonald's. My point is, the line is different for different people. So someone can reason is this, this person is dumb enough to give their money to me? I will take that money happily. I, I wouldn't, but I, I find it hard to blame someone for who has that line at a different place. In that, I, I, and in I, that think, I, I think spectrum. sometimes moral absolutism, which what this is, is necessary because you have to, and you brought up a very good point. It's a bit of a deviation, but I'll come back to it. I'm, I'm, and I'm forming the thought as we, as we record, but remember back in October, October 7th attacks had just happened and mm-hmm. we were talking about Israel's response. And at that time, the tenor 
was very obviously like even you, I could see you were you were nervous, Dan. Dan was nervous. I wasn't nervous, <laughs> but I, I remember exactly what I said, and I stand by the same words. But anyway, go on. But globally, the tenor was nervous. You, you even remember like when John Oliver did his piece um, a few weeks after that, he was very he 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 did a good job in explaining it, but he also. I think he could have gone down harder on the Israeli state, right? But he obviously chose not for obvious reasons. And we've seen like people that have started speaking out against the Israeli state uh, in the beginning who were getting blackballed, blah, 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 blah. Also, Asha, we haven't forgotten that you you did post the support for Israel and then deleted, but you know, we'll, we'll come back to that. My point back then, <laughs> just to quickly apply it, my point back then was people hide behind it's complicated. But the truth of the matter is for most people, it is for most people. My point is the, whether, the, whether the, the situation is complicated or not, for most people, it's complicated because of all that's been put around it. It's the people, it's the propaganda, it's the people that put out stories, it's the misunderstanding of history. All of that makes it complicated for people because they don't know what's actually going on. With time, obviously now with time going on, even people who were staunchly Zionist at some point are like, yo, wait, I didn't quite get that. Do you know what I mean? And they're changing their viewpoints. Mm. My point is, we can't, like, for example, I can't, I can't blame an American, when they, they asked Kanye about it, right? No, okay, no, we can't use Kanye, ah, damn. The, we can't the, try and have a rational debate <laughs> and use Kanye as any form of example. But his answer was incredibly rational. He was like, I don't have enough opinions. No, but, have, uh, no, but also, Dan, Dan, also, that, that example is flawed because for three months, Kanye's been on an, an not even months. That's also true. <laughs> Kanye's been on an anti-Semitic grant and That's now he's realized, <laughs> That's Let me also start. true. He's been walking okay, back. His, let's, use it. Let's, let's use the example of Asha. I can't expect this dude who spent his whole life pop-locking and making R&B hits to understand the nuances of, of global. But Kelani does. Cool. And that's great for her, but it's not a standard for everyone. It's not, it's not a standard for everyone. Between you and me, there's certain levels of knowledge that we, that we, that we both have. So my point is, if someone, under, if someone gets the information and then makes their decision, then now it's like, okay, clearly you have weird morals. But if someone doesn't have the information, all they have is tidbits of propaganda here, a tweet that they saw over there from some someone who created a bot account on Twitter, you know, and so they don't have the information. Yes, it's it's on them to research, but there's so many issues in the world. Is everyone going to research every single issue all the time? No. No, but, and I think, in as much as I can understand and sympathize, I also show a little sympathy for that because a, a 20-minute Vox video can help explain. 100%. And that's the thing. Like, the information, like, it's not like this information is obscure. When the state of Israel was was founded. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what's hilarious? Mm. The story started on baddies, but anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but this is why people come to us. This is what they missed, Dan. We covered the full spectrum, you know what I mean? Like, from intelligentsia to, to political... The, the Israeli state was funded as a colonial project. That was the official name of the company. It was the colony. So, and for, for and the, the whole issue has been, even before October 7th, the reason why people had been fighting, well, obviously it was an apartheid state, but also, guys, you guys are settlers. This is an oppressive, oppressive um, system that we fought. African states have fought to abolish. And as a Zimbabwean, it was easier for me to understand because I'm like, 
This story sounds very familiar. And the, the weird thing is the cognitive dissonance that, that especially Westerners uh, face. And I, I noticed this, especially now, because there's that Bob Marley movie coming out, right? Mm. Obviously, there's, there's a bit of controversy about how many members of the family are supporting the movie and how many Jamaicans are in it. But that's, that's a story for another day. And I'm still deciding whether or not I want to support this movie or not. But um, Ziggy was on the, the King Charles show. <laughs> Which is an actual show. <laughs> they gave Gail King and Charles Barkley a show on CNN. I can't believe this. But anyway, on that show, he's talking about, yo, there was a time my father's music was very inspiring to and revolutionary. We went to Zimbabwe once and the, the liberation fighters were coming to our hotel room with guns and grenades to show us like this is what they were using and our music was inspiring them. And immediately there, I'm like, wait a minute. That sounds a lot like what's going on here. You've got people that are in your territory, you are fighting. I, the reason I'm interrupting you is because you're saying something that I know. No, no, but I'm, I'm explaining for the, it's not for you, it's for the audience. We don't have to explain this to the audience. My point, the point in this whole discussion is, it's not possible for eight, not eight billion people on the planet to know all the details of what's happening in Israel and Palestine. It's not possible for everyone who's a celebrity to know what's happening in Israel and Palestine. Just the same way as it's not possible to understand the nuances of Russia, Ukraine, or to understand um, the nuances what's of what's happening in Sudan. Free my Sudanese brothers. Free my Congolese brothers. What's happening in Yemen. What's happening in all... Zimbabwe itself, which has its own situation going. When... Do you know how often people out there say some very ignorant statement about, yeah, no, but that Robert Mugabe gente, eh? It's, I, I find it quite easy to overlook because I'm like, you don't know, you actually don't know what you're talking about. What you're talking about is based on a little soundbite or a tidbit that you came across somewhere. And yes, you should research, but there's so many things to research. I can't fault you for not researching every single thing. Better. I, I don't think, as you've just said, I don't know enough about the talking I'm going to be quiet is a good enough response because what that allows is if, if even now, right? And I, the reason why I bring up the Palestine cases. South Africa took Israel to the ICJ. The ICJ gave a very soft but um, punitive judgment in the fact they said, like, yo, it seems like you guys might be... Doing a it's a guilty bit. judgment, but, but without, you without got, you, you guys, you got, you got, consequence. You, they were like, okay, it's not a genocide, but it's genocide-ish. And we don't want you guys, you know, you, you guys might want to avoid in fact, genocide-like. What they were told to do was take all reasonable steps to limit anything genocide-ish. You know what I mean? Thanks. You know, if you guys could, you know what I mean, please, okay. And then immediately they're like, boom, and they just started bombing again, right? Like right now they are bombing innocent civilians in Rafa. That image of that child dangling from that wall is going to hold me till I die. But, anyway, but, but so he, he, I, and I bring that I bring that up to say the reason why I bring that up is right. South Africa, in that instance, South Africa is going through Namo, like they're going through serious political issues. They had a pivotal election is in a year. In South Africa, load shedding, corruption, state capture, people dying, the works. But some way, somehow, people in South Africa were like, guys, we've got our own problems. But what's happening here is messed up. Let's, we need to put our issues to the side and go step up for the fellow man. Okay. Why didn't they do the same for Sudan? That, you said saying, it's not possible to say, I don't know about this. I'm not going to say anything. No, but... Saying something and doing something are two different things, right? Well, like me, for example, 
knowing about the Israel-Palestine conflict, saying something on Twitter is very different from attending a protest. I have not attended a protest as yet. I hear you. So, and wait, but, so let me finish. The reason why I say that is South Africa only has so many, um, the, the popular term that a, a friend and a, a therapist also uses spoons. Like we only have so many spoons. So we've got to be strategic. We, anyone oppressed, oppression in one place is oppression everywhere. So we've got to fight oppression and be and be selective about how we do it because we only have so many resources. Okay, so is our time better served fighting for Sudan or fighting for, for Palestine? Maybe because we suffered apartheid, our case holds more merit if we approach it from this side. Because also Sudan is, is, a, is a civil war. It's, it's slightly different dynamics than... You're, uh, you're answering something that I've not been saying. and you're, you're, So allow me to interrupt. You, what you're saying, when I when I brought up these points, it wasn't because I'm pretending to not know the answer. It's the same as all of us. We, can, we only have so much capacity, so many spoons, as you said. I cannot fault someone who says, you know what? The biggest trending story right now is Israel-Palestine. But what's really hitting my heart is the civil war in Sudan. I also cannot fault if, if someone stuck a microphone in front of me today and said, what are your thoughts on Sudan and how can we solve the situation there? I'm sorry, I don't know enough. I saw a headline that says that there's a civil war there. I didn't watch a video. I didn't read nothing on it. I absolutely have to say, I'm sorry, I don't have enough information. I can't answer that question. Someone can stick a mic in my face and say, yo, what do you think about this situation in Yemen? Yo, I think America's involved. I think I, I, I'll probably, I need to read up more on it. But because this is the trending story, so a lot of people know about it, it, it's become, it's almost normal to expect that you must know about it. But it's not possible for everyone to know about it. Okay, how a does lot it become people, a training story? Because people talk about it. What's, what's the point of that? I'm saying people talking about it is an act of showing that you care, right? Obviously, as humans, as you said, we, we, there's certain things we'll care about more than others. There are certain people we'll resonate with more than others. There's certain struggles we'll resonate with more than others. My form, like when I say absolutism, is we should care equally about everything. We might not be able to act equally, but we can be like, to me, informing yourself on a conflict or an issue. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not being obtuse. I genuinely believe it's 20 minutes. Like you can do enough top level reading, top level understanding. Correct. How many conflicts are currently going on? And does that mean you have to regularly inform yourself on a weekly basis or a monthly basis so that you are in a position to always be able to have the correct opinion or the correct position but of everything that's then, going on? And once again... This, also, if you do that, how does that affect you and your own mental health and your own mental space and well-being? I am not in a position to carry the, the, the misery of the world. It hurts me that it exists but I can't carry all the misery of the world and regularly update myself on it so that I can. If someone, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a slight caveat to sort of make the same point. If someone firmly believes that, you know what, the, 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 the thing that really hits my heart for whatever reason, maybe it's their childhood experience or whatever, the thing that really hits my heart is the dog market that exists. Like, uh, what's his name? Um, the, 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 the British comedian, Ricky Gervais. His, his number one cause is trying to end cruelty to dogs in Chinese markets. That's his, that's his thing that he's pushing for like crazy. I think it's a terrible thing that's happening. But if I were to weigh which one is more impactful and more hurtful, the humanitarian crisis in Gaza is a lot more impactful to human beings than what's happening in Wuhan. But that should also stop. 
But that doesn't mean that he should then weigh which one is more important, which one should I... No, he is within every right to be like, I know that's happening. I know there's people talking about it. I know there's people dealing with it. I don't have all the details even. Or I could choose to get some of the details. But my main cause is this. I think it's messed up how uh, domestic animals are treated in these dog markets out in China. So I am going on a campaign to try and bring uh, uh, knowledge about it. and try. I think it's absolutely fine for everyone to pick and choose what really hits them and affects them the most. Because we, we're all so different. We're affected by different things that really touch your heart. And that's when you're your strongest, when you're super passionate about something. And you can't be super passionate about everything. If you're a human being, you care about everyone. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. If you're a human being, you care about everyone. If, you, if, you, if you're a good human being, you're obviously, obviously going to be hurt by images that come from places where people are struggling. But you can't put yourself 100% into everything. That's my point here. And so and it, if I'm, that is the case, then it's expected that you wouldn't know about everything. But I'm not fighting on that. And, and that's where like my frustration is. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, wouldn't it be if every human, if every human, right, just had the thing that, I'm going to try to do whatever I can to make the world a better place, right? And every human, because we have free thought, and that's the beauty about being a human, that's the beauty about society and community, you can pick whatever topic, whatever issue resonates the most with you. So you might have Ricky Gervais talking about dogs, right? It might not be of high on your priority list. You might not even agree with it, but you're like, you know what, my mans, do what you need to do, but also understand the intricacies because... It's a bit of a detraction, but it's also very important. Like certain causes are culturally, they are universal truths and universal absolutes. And there are certain things that are just culturally different, right? Culturally, the wet markets in Wuhan aren't bad for the Chinese people. And that's their culture, right? To a Westerner, that might be abhorrent, terrible, whatever that may be. but to me, as someone from the global south, the inverted commas, I'm just like, okay, so they're eating and killing animals? Okay. So, okay, oh, wait, his, wait. his point, and it kind of goes to my point, his point is um, for, for some, in some cultures, they believe that the meat tastes sweeter if the animal is going through pain before it dies. So they deliberately inflict torture and cuts on these animals before killing it. Now, if that's what's happened culturally, Fine. But someone can look at that and say, I don't think that's a good thing for humanity or the world to exist. And they can put forward that this is the cause that I'm fighting. And others can disagree with it. That's, that's kind of the okay. whole point. But I, th I think, okay, you're detracting from what I'm trying to say. So what I'm trying to say is, if every human wakes up every morning and their goal is like, I'm going to try to do what's, what makes the world a better place. I care about, and it can be something as trivial as girls soccer. I care about access to healthcare. I care about education. I care about the conf conflicts in Congo, or I care about the conflict in, in the Middle East, or I care about unfair labor practices here. And everyone invests in those things and does what they can to become a better place. It also allows it to be like, hey, you come to Phil and you're like, yo, Phil, what do you think about coal tan mines in Congo? You know what? I don't really know much about that, but I know Dan is dedicated a bunch of, of, of his life to it. Hey, Dan, do you mind educating me about what's going on in Congo and Colton? And you're like, Phil, I know you've been educating yourself on, I don't know, um, suffrage, the suffrage movement and women's rights. 
Can you like, and there's an exchange of information and dialogue. I, that is how, like, what's been going on in Palestine now, right? All the people that are protesting across the world, two years ago, a fraction of them may have actually been aware of it. But because they were like, hey, this doesn't seem right. People seem to be dying. Let me figure out how to learn. Let me educate myself. Let me ask people. And they took it upon themselves, educated themselves. Because as you said, you cannot know everything up, you cannot know everything about everything all the time. You can't. But when things become important enough or popular enough and you educate yourself, it'll it's it's literally like knocking dominoes down. I in an ideal scenario, and that's what I'm pushing. That's what I'm saying, like with absolutism. Because if everyone then educates themselves and they're like, okay, guys, actually, you know what? Kids dying is not good. Like, I I don't care what's going on, but kids dying is not good. So even if you're moderate and you're like, you know what, guys, this is ceasefire, right? Let's stop killing the kids. And everyone starts saying, you know what, let's stop killing the kids. Eventually, there'll be a movement towards kids not dying. And then depending on who you are and what happens, you're like, you know, okay, we've addressed this issue here. You know what? As I was reading about this or learning about this, I also saw a segment about this. Let me find out more about what's going on in Congo. And then you, you address the Congo thing. And then slowly but surely, more and more issues are addressed. It's the same thing with like, b- to bring it back full circle, like the John Oliver show. Like John Oliver's, like his, his, his new season's about to start and he's like, yo, the advantage I have is I can take time and delve deep into topics that no one else wants to talk about, but these topics are absolutely necessary. People might not like them. People might not be comfortable with them but these are necessary topics. So he, by his own admission, he said like, yo, I don't think I've started a revolution, but what I hope I'm doing is at least planting a seed of information or giving people introductions to topics that they can read up more about. And that's all you can do as a human being. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's any advantage in like force feeding people information they don't want to hear. But at the very least, if we're all trying to be decent human beings, if we're all trying to be caring, Across these subjects, I think it's fair to say like all decent human beings are like, maybe kids shouldn't die mining a substance that we don't necessarily need. Maybe kids shouldn't die because of a conflict. Maybe kids shouldn't die of hunger. Maybe families shouldn't be wiped out because of bombs. You know what I mean? And phosphorus. No one would, no decent person would ever argue that point. My issue is with you saying that I don't know enough about this. I'm not going to comment, is not good enough. No, I'm saying it's good enough to a certain point. Like, if you don't know, yes. But at a certain point, you have to start knowing. Like, I disagree. No, and that's, that's where, that's where, yes, we that, that's where our disagreement you is. You can't, I, in my, in so, my, so, so, in so my so life, I think it's inexcusable that you can go your whole life and be like, I don't know enough about one topic. Nah. Because you can't know about every topic. Why is this the one that, Everyone must know. No. Then you're missing my point. I'm saying... Or if you're asked, then you must take it upon yourself to find out afterwards. Like, if, if, now what I'm saying is, for you to go your whole life or your whole adult life saying, I don't know about... Like, if you become an adult in 1980, I don't know about Israel-Palestine. 85, I still don't know about Israel-Palestine. 90, I don't know. But 95, that, I don't know. That, 2000, I don't know. But that's my point. Okay. There's some people who've lived from 1980 up to 2024... Today, they're in their 60s because they were 20 in 1980, 60-something years old, and they don't know anything about Zimbabwe. I'm sure I heard the name somewhere. I can't expect because 
because it's everything to me. The, the situation of Zimbabwe, the, uh, the, the, the government situation, the politics situation, the economic situation here, the, the, the story that's happening with how gold mafia, all that is such a big deal to me because I live here. So it affects me directly. To someone else, it doesn't even exist. And if a mic is stuck in front of them, it's like, tell, tell me, what do you think about the situation in Zimbabwe? What? I don't know anything about it. It's not incumbent on them to then go home and study it. What's incumbent on them is if it's something that, that really hits them or they care about, then go and learn about it. Specifically with Israel-Palestine, I'm not discouraging people from learning about it. I think it's important. I, I actually agree with you that it's important to educate yourself. But at the same time, I recognize that it's not possible to know everything about everything at the same time, nor is it even good for you. So I can understand someone saying that, you know what? I'm going to focus my energies elsewhere because this is where I think I can make a difference in the world. There's 100 million people talking about that today. There's only 20 people talking about this. I'm going to put my energies there. It, it doesn't take away from that 100 million people movement. And it's not a bad thing for you to focus your energies elsewhere. And I don't think people should be shamed for not knowing everything about everything all the time. Because that's the thing I care about it the most right so, now. We disagree, but also like you misunderstand what I'm saying. And, I, and I'm saying like, it's not your job to know everything about everything all the time. However, if an issue becomes important enough, like... Who decides what's important enough? You should in your own heart. So yes. ultimately, so, so I and, then, and, then, and then I come back to the fact that by that decision, if people are dying, you have are there you people need, dying in Zimbabwe? No, Dan, you can't stop stop with the water bowelisms. I don't and I, and, I, and I don't know if you're genuinely asking this or you okay. or you're trying to so, force the so debate. so. You're using you're using overall general. It's of course you're using, but there's children dying. You're using that as an argument because of course I don't want children to die. Of course I don't. But there's children dying in Gaza and there's children dying in Zimbabwe. Should it be, where are they more dying or where are the cameras more? No, 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 no. Obviously Dan, not. Dan, Everyone I, has Dan, their point. Like, that they... And I think you, you, you keep taking the stance which does not move the conversation forward. It's like, if children are dying, let's go back to the Bible. Patience of is dead, right? So now, like your life actually your life literally is a result of people who are not culturally aware of what was happening, okay. educating themselves. You're accusing me of saying things that will not move the conversation forward. You are continuing to justify why it's important to care about issues. And I'm like, I agree with you. The debate now is this particular issue, or it could be another particular issue. Should you know and care about that particular issue? In this case, Israel. No, no. I'm saying... And I've agreed with you. I've said it's, it's what, what's great is everyone can take an interest in understanding in various issues. The beauty is if everyone dedicates themselves to understanding or fighting for one good cause, no matter what it is, they, it'll foster an exchange of information and dialogue regardless, right? So is it okay to say, I don't know enough about this issue? And, I, and, and I've said, it is fine to say so that. So you're wrong when you said it earlier. No, no, no. I said, it's fine to say to a certain extent. That's why I gave you the example within five-year increments. I'm like, yo, it's okay to say in 95, you don't know. In 2000, but for you to go 10, 15, 20 years excusing yourself on that issue, like you've now made a choice, whether tacit or not, that this issue is not important enough to me for me to understand, for me to delve deep into it. And 
you people can tiptoe around. Ah, I don't know. I don't understand. But ultimately, what you're saying is this issue is not important enough for me to to learn all this stuff. Hmm. My entire point, the reason why you think I'm whataboutying or I'm being obtuse is there are many important issues. So each person has to decide what is important to them. It doesn't mean other issues are not important because you can't care about every single important issue, which we all agree on. So yes, it's very possible that this very important issue in the world is currently not the most important issue to me, might not be even in the top 10 most important issues to me. Not to say that it's not important or that I think it shouldn't be cared about or that nothing should be done about it. Just my energies and my resources are on issue B so, for reasons A, B, C. So f- philosophically, and I think this, this is a great discussion. This is what's going to take our podcast to the next level. When you say it's not in your top 10, right? Currently, and, and this is a genuine discussion, what could those 10 issues be? Okay. So again, I'm not talking about myself. Remember, I'm talking... The, the the very premise of this. Let me just so let me let, yeah, let me let me just just build a character in your head and then like imagine yeah. what this character might have so, to start. So let me let me spread out. The, the conversation started at baddies, which is wild, and we're saying <laughs> these baddies. Some of them have been taking money. That no, 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 no. We'll, we'll, we'll come back. Okay, to that, but okay, okay, I'm just I'm just painting the whole so picture. So like, what are the what are the top ten issues? Let me let me paint this. Baddies. Some of them have been taking money that come on. It's from shady origins. And I'm like, I don't know. People have different morals as to what they consider shady and what they don't. And sometimes some people, to some people, they, they may think that, ah, no, actually, I don't care about that. Uh, or I'm not even going to think about that. You're the one who gave me the money. I didn't steal from everyone. And that's what then graduated to the descriptions of what's moral and what's not moral. And then it led to the discussion of, is it okay for someone to say, I don't know enough about this issue? I'm going to say nothing. And then if I understand correctly, your point is, even if in that moment you don't know enough about it, you should educate yourself over time so that at some point you do know enough about it because it's important. And my rebuttal to that is, I believe there's so many important things that you could use that same argument about 50 to 100 potential things happening in the world right now that are important. Important, but it's not possible. Even if it were possible, it would be unhealthy for us to be keeping tabs on every single important bad thing that's happening in the world. Should your decision then be on what's trending the most? And it could be trending for horrible reasons as it is in Israel and Gaza. And I don't think so. I think your decision, which I think you somewhat agree with, should be based on what you find important because then your passion could potentially drive to a positive change because you care about this so much. Maybe you care about, like you said, girls soccer so much that your fight for it is going to help young girls somewhere to be able to expand into that sport. But it wouldn't have been possible if you had equal care for everything or if you had to try it somehow, try and apportion your time and your energy and resources. So it's very, my point is it's very possible for me to say my biggest thing right now is girls soccer in this particular province of this particular country. That's what's passion, that, what, that's what I'm passionate about. If you tell me the story of what's happening in Israel, Gaza, I feel so terrible about it. But you know, I'm not gonna, I'm focusing on this for now. It doesn't mean I don't think it's important or it doesn't mean that I don't care about the people there. It means I'm caring about this for now. So if you come ask me next year, I'm sorry, I didn't pay any attention or put any resources onto that because I'm on this. But the, those statements are very contradictory and I think you need to analyze. You can't say you care and invest nothing into the issue. Those are contradictory. You, you can't say I care about this, but now I feel like you're being obtuse because we both agree that it's not possible to care about everything. No, what I'm saying is you can't say you care. You can say like, yo, and this is, there's multiple points I'm trying to drive home and we keep it. Okay, let me put it this way. One is, 
media literacy, right? It's actually not as hard as people purport or say it is to educate yourself on a topic. Literally, if you want to get cursory information, if you understand media literacy, how to ingest information, verify where it's coming from, and, and trust its veracity or verify its veracity, it's actually a very quick process, right? Or it can, it can literally just be a conversation where you can be like, and this is the intellectual and moral bankruptcy that I'm becoming increasingly um, despondent to. Where if Dan asks me, if Dan is interviewing me and he asks me what do I think about the situation in Gaza, even if I don't know, you know, I can also say to Dan is, yo, I don't know, but Dan, tell me, what, what is happening in Gaza? And then Dan gives me his information. And just from the cursory information, I'm like, yo, that sounds bad. I don't think, I don't think people should be dying, you know? I hope, I hope people will solve the issue. But personally, my stance is people shouldn't die. And you can leave it at that. Here's the messed up thing. It depends on who's asking you. <laughs> because the way that information is going to be put across, wrong or right, your answer can be interpreted in many different ways. But that's also why I say like media literacy is important. And then the other thing I was trying to get at is when you say people might have more important things, I'm going to now speak for you so I can get my point across. I'm assuming like some of these important things might be like rent is due, family, maybe someone is sick. I need to know more about work. Maybe I'm pursuing further education. And now I've, I've become, I've, my, my pineal gland is throbbing right now. Because ultimately, all of these things are byproduct of the capitalist machine, right? To distract us from what's important. Because when you, when, like when you stop to think about it, like especially recently, I've been seeing, and you, Zimbabwe will make you do this. You start thinking like, okay, but why am I waking up to work? You know what I mean? Like, why is it such an accumulation of wealth? To what end are people hoarding all these resources? To what end are people being killed for all these resources? Is it, and at the end of the day, it's just to accumulate wealth and hoard funds. But ultimately, you're like, all oh, this is made up. Like, the society we live in, the world we live in, our jobs, our expertise, a lot of the stuff is made up. And it's become more prescient now because there's a new industrial revolution that we're on the brink of. And people, whether right or wrong, they're panicking because they're like, yo, if the robots and general, artificial general intelligence and, and now, I, I, I don't know if you see um, the new uh, video, uh, what's it called? SOTA, SONO, whatever. Um, the new video generation tool that... Um, Sora. Sorry, there that, you go. Uh, OpenAI just put that OpenAI just dropped. Now we've got video creators in a panic and photo creators in a panic because they're like, yo, all our jobs are now meaningless. And my retort has always been like, why are we so reliant on these jobs in the first place? Like, why can't existing just be? And on the flip side, you've got people like um, Sam from OpenAI who are speaking from both sides. They're like, yo, we need to find this rapid development of AGI, but we also need to make sure there's universal basic income because they've now realized we're taking everyone's jobs. Humans are going to need basic income to survive, right? And my whole point is, that's the thing. It's like, are we existing to work or is work to supplement our existence? And on top of that, all these distractions and all this oppression and all the suffrage is just to aid 
in the in, in the continued destruction of human beings. You know what I mean? It's a very it's a very philosophical discussion, but ultimately, I would just like for us to live in a better world. But it's impossible until we start addressing some of the fundamental issues within capitalism, and particularly late stage capitalism. <laughs> okay. I think, look, I, I, I think also this is somewhat a fundamental difference in opinion, which is allowed, by the way. And I would love to hear what our listeners think. Like, do you agree with Phil that there's a, a certain level of responsibility for everyone to learn about some of these things because it's our responsibility to make that change? Or do you somewhat agree with me, which is, listen, we're all trying to do our best. And sometimes I just don't have the capacity for this particular thing. And I actually don't even want to research it. Um, I would love, I'd love to hear what you guys think on that. But now everything's going to be gaga gaga. Phil, look, no damn, we, we all are listeners. No ways. Let, let me let me explain to you, Philip. The reason our listeners got regular content is because we were not doing three hour episodes. If we're doing three hour episodes, do you know how many times we would have been like, I don't have the capacity. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I know we got the capacity. Actually, this next talking point, I, I'll, I'll go through the gaga gaga that I prepared. But this one, actually, I saw this, I listened to it, and I was a little confused. Maybe. Maybe since you have a different opinion, you can help me understand. I saw Elsa. Okay, wait, wait. Jim- Before you, just to, just to introduce, this is going to be the Patreon exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this 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 is the this is the the most voted. This is the most voted. Uh, the most voted talking point. Everyone found this clearly interesting. So uh, the discussion about Elsa Majimbo and uh, Naomi Campbell. <clears throat> Fifteen minutes later. All right. Welcome back, the rest of you who haven't subscribed to Patreon. <laughs> um. <laughs> We just had a, a heated discussion and debate with opposing views about Elsa Majimbo. Uh, you can ask your fellow Patreon subscribers. Maybe they'll be kind enough to clip small parts of it to share with you. Okay, um, this is something that I believe that we are uniquely able to talk about better than anyone else who's touched on this subject, apart from a couple of lawyers who've spoken about it. And that's the, the, the issue of copyright claims that have been going on. So if you live under a rock or you haven't been paying attention to Zimbabwean music news, um, Ja Signal has a couple of hit songs that he put out in which he samples um, music from the charambas, specifically the song we played at the beginning, which is Ah, Sweetie. Um, the, the charambas are gospel musicians and they put out some songs 20 plus years ago and those songs were sampled in these new songs. Uh, and there's, there's a whole story about them. Uh, they put out a statement, actually. Let me just, let me just try and summarize the statement. So... So it makes sense. So Jazz Signal's song Sweetie um, had uh, some elements derived from the music of the charambas. The ch- he apparently asked the charambas for permission and they didn't give it, but he went ahead and posted the song anyway, uploaded the video, all of that. And then these guys claim that they didn't do anything about it because they were like, ah, you know what? It's fine. It's, it's one of our children. Um, anyway, as time went on, Ja Signal did it again. He put out another song, this time in 2023, again sampling the Charamba's music. And they claim, according to their statement, that by the second song, they were like, ah, no, this is too much now. So they issued copyright strikes on YouTube against these two songs, which led to a huge discussion and furor and uproar about uh, music copyrights and so on. Uh, so Phil and I actually had a uh, uh, back and forth along with some of the Patreons in, uh, patrons in our Patreon group. And we were discussing, what, what, what does the actual law say? What does the, the Copyright Act say how can it be interpreted? And I think it's pretty safe to say that the Zim copyright law is not um, 
completely clear on this kind of issue. Um, so what it would depend on is if Jar Signal can prove that there was some level of the fact that they did not initially complain about it and the fact that they then, according to their own admission, went to Zimura and said, we will not be collecting royalties for this. Does that mean there was some level of tacit um, uh, approval given for those copyrights? And that's kind of what the the debate is. And I think ultimately a, a, a judge would be the one to decide. I'm of the opinion that it would be very difficult to prove. I think, Phil, you were saying that it's it, it's the the conversation with Zimura is almost somewhat tacit approval. Implicit approval. No, tacit. Um, I think the biggest issue we have in this country, well, not the biggest, but one of the major issues we have in this country is we don't have actually competent entertainment lawyers. And because we don't have competent entertainment lawyers, because they're not being, it's it's not economically viable for lawyers to delve into entertainment law, you end up having these murky, murky situations where to solve it, instead of addressing this behind closed doors, you're now you're using a sledgehammer to solve it. Like a takedown is a sledgehammer. And for me, it's like, The confusion here is you realize that this person used your, uh, an interpolation of your song. The other thing that we also need to clarify, which is a very nerdy topic, which we will discuss at the time, is we actually don't know who the original composer of that song. Because it is, isn't it initially based on almost a folk, traditional sort of... And that's what I'm saying. So now, if I take something that if you interpret uh, uh, something that's an open domain and then I build either on that original work or your interpretation, it then becomes a little murky as to who actually owns that composition for the lifetime of that, the, of, of that IP. So that's one thing. Then on, on top of that is the composer and the performer are two different people. If I then use that and the song is released and there's no split sheets or ETC, ETC, but there's no discussion between us as to what's supposed to be done, like a detailed discussion. But then you then go in and be like, you know what, actually we're surrendering our rights to this work as a tacit agreement. I don't agree with the fact that you can then retroactively remove that and then use the DMCA takedowns, which is what YouTube is using here, uh, as a as a guise to uh, to remove the song because there was no cease and desist as far as I can tell because the song is still on DSPs is it not so because of purely on YouTube yeah which is you're using the DMCA because YouTube because it's a multimedia hosting platform it's it's very reliant on the Millennium um, Copyright Act which specifically has that article with regards to fair harbor you uh, fair fair harbor laws which people can exploit. And because YouTube re- uploads so much content and it's an automated process, if I don't like you, I can take down your music. And then you will have to fight. You have to fight to get it back up. So I think the, the, the issue now comes here on in the interpretation of was them going to Zimura and saying, we will not be claiming royalties on this song. Does that count? 
as a tacit release of their rights. And that, I think that's what it boils down to. Because I agree with you, I don't think you can retroactively uh, rescind rights. But the question is, can a lawyer prove that when you went to Zamora and said, we will not be collecting royalties, was that a tacit um, rescinding, not rescinding, what's the word? A tacit uh, relinquishing of your copyrights to that. Um, but then you raise something that I hadn't thought about, which is actually, who does have the rights to that melody? It's like, it's like when Jibs made Chain Hang Low. Do your chain hang low? I mean, that's, that's a children's rhyme. Do your ears hang low? Which is obviously in the public domain. So if then someone samples Jibs's song, or not samples, let's say interpolates, it's kind of based on the original melody. But the fact that then he applied for, for a permission probably means that he viewed it as an as a, a interpolation of a derivative song. Yeah, it is quite nerdy. But, but then that, that, that could also just be a form of due diligence, right? Because I don't understand um, what, what's in the open domain, what's, what's public, blah, blah, blah. But I do realize, yo, I use this melody. So once again, I'll sign Naomi just to make sure I don't I, I, annoy, annoy, annoy these heavyweights in the industry. Let me just go to them and say, yo, can, can, can we sort this out? Look, my team's like that. And then whatever the discussions may fall about, they may be like, but you guys don't even own this melody. Anyway, to rent. I think, I think that them going to Zimura and saying, yo, uh, we will not be collecting royalties on this derivative song that we have been listed as a, a composer. I don't think that equates to relinquishing of rights to the song. I think it could, it could be interpreted as this is under, um, review or there's debate going on or whatever the case is. But then again, obviously we didn't see, we didn't see all the uh, exchanges, but we've gone to a little bit of an advanced level. I think at a very basic level, hopefully most of our listeners understand that if you're going to use someone else's work, you need to get explicit permission from them to use their work. Otherwise they have the rights to either uh, issue. I mean, the basic right is to issue takedown notices, but even more than that, they could claim some of the, the revenue you've made on the song uh, ownership of the song, even a certain amount. The famous story is how uh, uh, Cisco's Thong song, uh, he, didn't, he didn't clear a small sample from Ricky Martin. And now Ricky Martin's probably made more, more on that song than Cisco himself has made. Um, just, for that, just for that line, live in la vida loca. So if you're going to derive from someone else's song, you have to get explicit permission. It's in the Zimbabwean Copyright Act. Uh, it's standard global practice. Um, some people were ignorantly saying no, but what what uh, the, the charambas they get their content from the Bible or something like that. Was, it's clear that a lot of people didn't quite understand the issue of copyright and uh, why this came up, <laughs> why melodies can be copywritten and so on. They also don't understand why copyright law exists. It's also because of the Bible and printing, but you know. Very interestingly, um, uh, advocate Fadzai Maere took an interest in this and she was explaining a lot of copyright law on, on uh, Twitter. And she asked, answered a question because someone asked, uh, why, is, uh, why does the copyright law in Zim, for example, uh, put things out into the public domain after 50 years? Because what if I want my children to enjoy the, hard, the fruits of the labor of my hard work? And she was like, listen, that was put in place for the, for the common good, which is after 50 years, hopefully you've made as much money as you can possibly make out of your song. 50 years onwards, it can be put in the public domain so people can build on it, create new things out of what you created, and hopefully expand 
the, the, the body of works of art that the human race has and hopefully it'll be good for everyone. That's kind of the reason that's put in place. Um, whether you agree with it or not, that was the, those were the decisions that were made by the stakeholders at the time. So that's why um, um, copyrights exist for 50 years or so, mm. she, ex- so well, she explained. Well, it's actually lifetime plus 50. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Mm. She was just saying 50 years. Mm. So, 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 yeah. Um, so uh, that was the second most requested topic of discussion, Philip. And we didn't discuss TikTok and Universal. It's still going. I to- and I told them. Yeah, it's, it's not on our list today. But yeah. No. Remember, Actually, was, so, so sorry. The topic that was raging. Oh, I think it was the Grammys. Yes, yes, now I remember. So, sorry, just before, just before we go off this uh, Jasingo Charamba situation, this, uh, this conversation is now spread to other artists. So, for example, allegedly Kenako Music were upset with uh, Winky D. So they started issuing uh, takedown notices. And allegedly, Winky D has taken down all his songs from YouTube by himself so that he doesn't have to um, have issues with Kenako music because of the music that he put up. There's clearly a lot of misunderstanding and a lot of unsurety in the industry. Ripe, ripe fruit, Philip, for someone who knows music to come in and sort things out. Mm, if only such a person exists, <laughs> or if their managers would allow me to speak to said artists and, uh, and get their affairs in order. All right, yes. So uh, the Grammy is not on our list, Philip, but what did you want to talk no, about? No, remember, so there was a discussion. It was, and it was a heated discussion um, that I have the Grammys when uh, Michael uh, had a clean sweep in the rap categories it was nominated for. And one of our listeners, Emmanuel, was, Killer a, Mike. was very upset that Travis. And um, he was he was not quoting popularity numbers and stream numbers and saying, "Yo, guys, Michael has done the least stream numbers. Um, it didn't, but it, but it's a mad one." And then the statement that I responded to was, um, "So there was an ongoing discussion between him. There was Mukudze. There was Taweze. You know, once again, the, our podcast Patreon group is just a hub of activity. It's a it's a great place to be. So once again." Don't forget to head on over to tubebroketrimmers.com forward slash donate and join the conversation. But um, after a long back and forth between what's popular, what, what, what should the Grammys award, popularity or artistic merit, Emmanuel has said, firstly, the Grammys is all about popularity, but that's a different nyaya or issue, if you don't understand, Shona. Secondly, having more streams means people all over the world know your music is good, enjoy your music, and even share and tell others how good your music is. Having the best rap award is subjective anyways, but if you're going to have one, do it right. So firstly, Emmanuel, the reason why I was saying this, it was because he wasn't to pull him down or put him down. It was to highlight a misunderstanding with what the Grammys. The Grammys are not the MTV Awards, and that's not a shady comment. The MTV Awards, which are run by a for-profit organization run by Viacom, ideally would be there to reward the most popular songs because the most popular songs keep people on their channel the longest or the songs that were voted for by the general public. If everything's fair and people aren't running bot farms or weird campaigns, then the most popular song will get the most votes. The Grammys is run by Grammy Committee. For Grammy Committee, I think you can vote up in up to eight categories or something somewhere around there. If you're a member of the Grammy Committee, I actually had to write a referral letter for someone um, who's trying to join the Grammy committee. Um, and they listed me as their mentor. And I was like, oh, I was like, hey, but wait, how come I'm not inviting also? So I, I shall be joining soon. But fingers crossed on the application. Hopefully they get in. But the Grammys are not about that. In theory, the Grammys are to reward the most 
artistic songs. So if it's best rap song, it's the best writing of a song. If it's the best rap performance, it's the song that did the best. And that's the difference. Rap performance or song, whenever there's performance as the suffix in a category, that's for how the song did when released to the public. Everything else is simply based on artistic merit or quality. And it's voted for by people who should be knowledgeable of it, but hopefully don't have a conflict of interest in the in, in the genre. And they vote for the songs or the albums or the artists that they feel best represented or had the best artistic showing of the year. So it actually has nothing to do with popularity. The amount of streams you do towards ETC don't necessarily play into those specific categories that... Surely there's a minimum threshold, maybe? No. So... If I have zero streams, actually no, no. that re- that reminds me of a time when Billie Eilish's song was not even out yet, and it won a Grammy. It has nothing to do with that. All you have to do is qualify for vote. So you have to run a campaign. Running Grammy campaigns is expensive because you have to attend the Academy events and you play politics. So now you've got to start, start being nice to the people. So you, it can't just be random in his garage at home because it'll be impossible for you to. So So, I think, so what you're describing, I think a good way to explain it is like the Oscars. Exactly. The Oscars Oscars are not, yeah, it's not, otherwise it would just be every Marvel movie every year, even no matter how bad it is, it's more, very likely going to be the highest performing movie of the year. That's, that's obviously not what's going to go into best picture and so on. It's going to, and normally the ones that are nominated and the ones that win are sometimes lesser known, not really seen. They were probably playing in the private uh, um, or not private, but in, in like fewer fewer theaters. Uh, sometimes there's a foreign language film when Parasite won Best Picture. So uh, I think in a similar way, try and imagine when they're talking about Grammys, they're talking about like, yo, this is the one where they actually put a yo. It was like the best composer. And then they got the best writer to put it together. Obviously, as we've said many times on this podcast, there's a lot of holes in the whole system. Because the people who are making votes on each category sometimes may not know a lot about that category and people can very easily be influenced and an intern can decide to just announce Nicki Minaj as a winner because they feel that they should be, even though they were not really. Or it could be the reverse. Or it could be a hater. Maybe one of the hardies was like. No, it could be, it could be the reverse where the, she, she, she would, are you forgetting like, so the other thing we missed while we were on break is obviously the, the Nicki Minaj, Megan Stalin beef. During that weekend between his and that terrible reply that Nikki dropped, she was on Instagram Live ranting about the machine, rapping about the establishment, and ranting against the Grammys. So she could have urged someone at the Grammys and be like, whoa, so you don't care about the Grammys? Let's find out. That would make me look so down on that. I, I'm hoping it's an intern. I'm hoping it's an intern who's either a hottie or a, a bob, whichever way. Anyway, um... Next on our discussion list, and uh, from this point, we're gaga-gadding, Philip. Um, okay, so here's this wild story, which I'm surprised that a lot of you want to talk about. is our third most voted for talking point. And that was about uh, the great lotto heist happening over in South Africa. We once touched on this uh, over a year ago. But actually, yeah, this, this actually touches on it because... The baddies. the bad, not, not only the baddies, but also like accepting funds. Because Tula Cindy, well... Finish the summary, but I'll just apply. Tula Cindy was also named in one of these infographics that dropped because he received money from Terry Petro and Terry Petro had received illicit funds from the lottery. And now he's named and he, and now, now people are having the debate like, wait, but if you're just providing a service and selling someone a dress, do you now have to do a background check? 
or is there more to it? And it speaks to what we were discussing earlier about where is your moral line? Like if someone that you know is making their money doing reprehensible things, do you sell them? So, okay. Here's an overview of what's going on. So President Cyril, father of the South African nation currently, uh, he commissioned a special investigating unit to look into alleged fraud in the National Lotteries Commission in South Africa. The story was that uh, monies were being taken and allegedly being used for charity, but in reality were being used to fatten uh, certain celebrities' pockets. So uh, little by little, information has been coming out and it's been quite shocking because there's been a lot of celebrities who uh, apparently are involved in this. So just this week, we got uh, some more names coming forward. Honestly, when I saw these names, I didn't recognize them. But when I started hearing, oh, no, this one, uh, this one was uh, uh, in the movie Tsotsi. In fact, uh, they did this in this movie, this one over there. And I was like, oh, snap. So uh, in, uh, in previous months, um, Arthur Mafokate, uh, Terry Peto, who's, uh, who won an Oscar, by the way, for, for Tsotsi, um, they were implicated in these investigations. Uh, and in the most recent uh, uh, group of names that came out, uh, I believe it was, let me just pull it up over here. Da, 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 da. Hey, Philip. It's actually quite complicated what was happening. Okay. So long story short, money, which was supposed, because the lottery is often associated with charity. So a lot of people buy lottery tickets. You can win $100 million, other money is going to go to charity. These charities were fraud endeavors, basically, long story short. So a lot of these South African celebrities have been implicated. Um, and this is very uh, shocking to many people <laughs> because I think stealing is one thing. Stealing from charity, ah. <laughs> I mean, if you're stealing from the government, stealing from insurance, look, that's a whole other story. But stealing from charity, yo. So as of now, the 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 special investigating units say they're almost done. They're like 90% done. And uh, they've found corruption amounting to 1.4 billion rand. Um, yeah, and uh, it's 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 looking late for a lot of your faves uh, and what they're they're driving. So I was saying in uh, the most recent findings, uh, it was Moiteri Peto, uh, and then some other names that I don't understand, like, uh, okay, uh, different members of the families of the Petos. Um, who else is in here? Uh, Presley Chweneyagai. This is great listening. This is a great listening experience, Dan. I'm listening to names because some of these names maybe mean something to other people. Yeah, so um, we're waiting for the final uh, findings to find out, uh, to come out. But I just think, yo, if you are stealing from charity, ah, uh, that's another level of of, of scamming. Mm, no, but it's part of the course because ultimately, a lot of these guys, if you're if if you're if you're taking a government, if you're stealing government money, it's you're stealing a charity, and you're st- you're stealing from old people. Like that's money that could be used for infrastructure, roads, hospitals, water. People are dying. Whether you're denied or not, whether you have whether you have a closet full of shoes or not, people are dying because of you. That's in there. Also, a note to our producer: um, 
we do not quote Breitbart. I don't know, like we've discussed this before, but <laughs> like I, I don't know. This is like Breitbart would have been a good one to use earlier when I was looking for a super right wing publication. Where where is Breitbart? Oh, yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> I should have looked at that before I even put it in the talking points. <laughs> I, I suspected when I saw the headline said woke. Anyway, um, let's talk about the Super Bowl. But also, we're not going over this. We've discussed the Super Bowl payment structure multiple times. It was requested. I actually I told by whom? I told Crims, yo, we discuss this every year, man. So, any, so I said, you know what? I'll just put it in the in the. In Who the, requested it? It was the it was the fourth most requested story for discussion in our in our Patreon group. <laughs> All right. Um, We've discussed this before, and some of you long-time listeners may know this, but anyway, we may as well just get into it. Um, <sighs> the NFL Super Bowl happened uh, last week, two weeks ago now. By the time you hear this, it was almost two weeks ago, Sunday, 11th of February. Uh, it was uh, the 58th Super Bowl, Digital, and uh, it was allegedly the most watched Super Bowl halftime show ever with Usha. Well, yeah, because that happens every year. It's almost like every year the Super Bowl gains more viewers. I feel it's just an Usher hater. I don't understand. Usher's performance, loved it. Top notch. Um, because mainly I'm a huge, huge fan of Usher anyway. But the question that keeps coming up after every, you know, it becomes the, you know, you know, all those uh, self-help gurus on Twitter and everyone who's, who wants to talk about the smartness and genius of marketing. Usher was not paid to perform at the Super Bowl. What? Shock horror. What? That's because the NFL does not pay performers to feature in the halftime show. It's considered a privilege, exposure, and it's very true because once you perform at the Super Bowl, your streaming numbers shoot up, your bookings get booked and busy, and uh, (laughs) your bookings are booked and busy. So, yeah, so uh, allegedly, I think the actual figure is like he was given $600 or something. I don't know. They, they, they get the minimum. So depending what the scale minimum for the performance, I think it's between that and $1,000. So you get paid the minimum um, so that you're, you're still, they're still complying with union rules. But after that, you don't get paid. But all production costs are typically covered by the NFL, which is why it's such an extravagant affair. Um, and are, are the production costs covered by the NFL? I was under the impression that the artist also has to cover their own production costs. No, no that would be a bad deal. I don't know. Eh? I don't know. So allegedly, for example, uh, the, the estimates are that Asha earned 52.5 million US dollars in exposure. That's such a difficult thing to measure because I guess they're, they're assigning a certain dollar value per number of people watched per minutes watched and all of that. But yeah, so uh, as much as it was a free performance, it was to him. It was worth fifty-two and a half million dollars, anyway. So, first of all, was what did you think of the? Did you watch the game? Did you watch the halftime show? What did you? I think? did not watch the game. I watched the halftime show, mm-hmm. and I watched all the clips of Taylor Swift. Mm. How did you, you feel about Tay Tay? Not by choice, just because that's what that's the only thing that was on my timeline. <laughs> I did not watch the game. Um, first of all, I didn't realize that NFL games are like three hours. Yeah. So what I what I normally do, and I think I told you this before, I if I watch them, I DVR them, and then I'll set my alarm to wake, and I wake up at halftime. So especially with the Super Bowl, it works perfect because I'll wake up at halftime, I'll watch the halftime show, and then I'll rewind to the thing. Because even though it's three hours long, there's 
there's only about 30 minutes of action, which is, and it, it's, it's dope because, and I do the same with basketball games. I always wake up at halftime and then I'll deviate and then I'll watch and then I'll fast forward through the ads and stuff. Because also on the feed that we get, we don't get the, the American ads. We'll just be getting generic cutaway stuff. And then the next day I'll watch the YouTube ads just to see what's going on. But if you fast forward through the plays, by the time you get towards the end of the fourth quarter, you've caught up to live TV. Anyway, I'm into too many sports now because I accidentally watched the Netflix documentary on Formula One and now, ah! now, now, now I'm super into it. So are we watching this weekend? This weekend is practice. Really. Is, is it starting? Final testing and then the first yeah, race is on my birthday. Bahrain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll definitely be watching. Okay, to this point, I have not watched a single Formula One race. I've just watched all the seasons. Ooh. Of, of, so then I don't, I don't know if you saw, but we tested it out this weekend. So. Uh, uh, someone gifted us a couch, and when they give, yeah, and when they give it, we were like, the brief is cloud. I want an extravagant. And the, there had been a video uh, that I came across on TikTok of this insanely large couch that was damn near a bed, and I was like, I want this. And then they were like, Bet, got you. Came back with the couch, fam. I haven't even had a chance to fully experience it because I've been so busy and we just mounted the TV last week. But So last week, a bunch of friends came over with their kids and then we went to the pool with them and then they came back. There were 12 people. Dan, 12 people comfortably fit on that couch and they all fell asleep. I was the happiest. I was like, yeah, mission accomplished. So I say all this to say that couch has been purchased for Formula One, football and movies. You know what I mean? You know, and uh, I'll be testing it thoroughly throughout this season. I look, look, I look forward. This is, this is my first, my virgin year. It's my first full year. I feel, if you haven't watched it, man, that, that Netflix documentary is excellent, man. It's great for getting it's people. It's very dramatized. Yeah. I, I, I it's know, it's I great get for getting people interested. I think it's, it does a good job of that. But then like, you see how many liberties they take with the truth. Or the order of events, and just like because, like when you watch the season, you remember, oh no, this incident was before this incident, and then this that this led to this. Yeah, yeah. so they they ordered in a certain way for dramatic effect. I get that, and that for me, it's like I remember when I first, ah, man, everyone's always watching Formula One. Let me watch it. And I sat down, and I was just like, no, Formula. Like, aye, no, aye, aye. if you don't like, for if, me, if you don't know the scoring system, you don't know not the even, team. If you, you don't know. understand, like for me, it's like the, the technical intrigue. Yes, like, yes, yeah. If you understand the mathematics behind Formula One. Even a boring race is exciting because you're like, wait a minute, okay, this guy's lapping at two tenths faster, but the tire degradation is lower. It's a a super nerdy sport. And I think that, and and it's like super nerdy, but also like very high fashion glam at the same time. It's it's actually, it's super cool. So I'll be full, I'll probably be watching the season, but now that's, I've reached my sports quota, Phil. Uh, me, me, me too. Because I refuse to be the person who's just twenty four hours watching sports. I, I, I can't. I don't have. We don't have enough money for that. <laughs> Not yet. No. But but we must go watch. An, we must go to a, a Formula One race. I, that's, that's already in the works. That's already in the works. Um, next year we. we, we I'm I'm planning. I'm hoping. Okay, I'm not going to say. It. Let me not. Abu Dhabi. It. No, hey, Abu Dhabi is too expensive. But I've got I've got connects there. But Azerbaijan also we got connects there. We'll see. Did I ever tell you, I, 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 like my first Formula One weekend, I, I stumbled on it. Did I tell you the story? So I'm, 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 I've started a conversation with certain people 
that could potentially get us to the Mercedes um, Mercedes party, Mercedes paddock, Mercedes just... Uh, is this going to be before or after Lewis leaves? This conversation was before Lewis left. Technically, we, we, we found someone who could get us into the Mercedes thing on the podcast before. No, no. I mean, fly you out. I'm... I'm, I'm I started conversations. I'm, I'm just going to follow up on them because I, I think, yeah. I know. Yeah, no, it's necessary. But for, for obviously, once we get there, I'm sure we can get tickets. Ah, but getting there and then getting in the right places and then being comfortable. No, no, no. It's not about being comfortable. It's just about being, because the other thing is like, when you... when no, you, you don't want to go to F1 and be like, you know, a little bit chobokad. You know what I mean? Like watching your pocket. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You don't want to be there. I, I, remember, I remember when... Michael Schumacher started driving for Mercedes. Um, and I was in Singapore and I bought a jacket. I think the jacket I bought was like 300 bucks. And I was just at the airport and that's when I realized, hey, Formula One. And I had to get my money up. And then there was one time I happened to, I was in Beijing and then I was waiting for a connecting flight to Guangzhou. And then I saw them talking about Formula One being in Shanghai. And I was like, you know what, actually, let me just go to Shanghai. I miss those days. And I just went... I saw practice. Uh, I was there for Friday, so I, I saw practice, and then I had to leave. But I, it was fun. I would love to go. I would love to go. But anyway, this season, this season, I'm I'm locked in. I'm locked in. Formula One. I'm there. So Formula One, football. Those are the two sports that I'm watching. If my let, let me see. I'm not. I, I'm not gonna get in now. Nah, NFL now. Nah. I would probably get into into NBA before NFL. But no NFL. Like I still I still have some issues with their morals so I'm not as invested as I used to be but I, I watch a little once in a while because I miss it so I watch a few NFL games once in a while particularly the highlights and NBA I just don't have the time but late, whenever whenever the Lakers play I'll try watch I'll just try to keep up with the highlights or once in a while Phil, just watch a match before you know it you're going to be 40 watching every cricket match every rugby match I'm sorry, I'm sorry no, but the thing is like even with the world the, the rugby world cup I tried I was so out of the loop I was like ah it's fine I, I, there's no chance of me getting back into it because I'm so out of the loop. Same with cricket. I tried watching. I was so out of the loop. I was like, I still get it. And the thing is, I used to be really good at both those sports. But rugby, my mother made me stop playing because she said it was unchristian-like because she saw me beating on some kids. Like, it was, ah, my mother's so dramatic. My mom went to the school, wrote them a letter. She even had the elders come, bruh. The elders came. <laughs> Do you know how embarrassing that was? <laughs> <laughs> because I've been I've been this high since form two. So you can imagine, like, dude, I was just towering over those kids. All right, Philip, Philip, we have to wrap this up. We have to wrap this um, up. I have, I have a wife waiting for me. So let's quickly ga ga ga. I'm not interested in this in, is this not a bright butt story again. I don't know. Crims, what's going on? Have you been taking the red pill? What's happening? <laughs> um we spoke about so week now. Um, oh, actually, I think I think the best summary of Wignell go check out what Kandora said. Yeah, it's doing numbers on TikTok. Yeah, um, Beyonce, are we going to talk about? We need to, dude, actually, it's been bad. We've been go, excuse me, we've been gone for so long, we haven't even documented the rise of Shannon Sharp. Okay, before we talk about Shannon Sharp, Beyonce, Beyonce announced that she's dropping a country album. Mm-hmm. Yeehaw. <laughs> so some people are interested this was it was also spoken about in the look 
Beyonce is an incredible artist. She's also a capitalist. A staunch one. Keep in mind, her song was played in where? Israel. And the movie was where? Israel. This is, this is not... Uh, this is not a search for the soul. This is not a, um, a rediscovery of the true heart of America. This is a money grab, yo. It's a good one. The music is going to be good. I wouldn't say that. I think. I, okay. L- let me, let me, let me rephrase. Okay. Let me, let me be fair. Obviously making art, you expect to make a profit from it. But what I'm saying is there's a certain level of strategy, which is, I'm going to make a dance album. After that dance album, I'm going to make act two, a country album. After that, guarantee you the next one is going to be a rock album. Possibly. And it could just be, it could be artistic exploration. It could be her reclaiming black genres because I say that. What do you mean? That's what, that's, that's where I want to, that, that is a marketing and PR position. But the thing, the, the thing that I go back to is Beyonce is so huge. Remember when we were having this discussion about the year Beyonce was having and the year Taylor Swift was having? Part of the reason Taylor Swift's year was so big, yes, it's because Taylor has a bigger fan base and she's white and so forth, but it's also because Beyonce leaves a lot of money on the table. Beyonce leaves quite a substantial amount of money on the table. She would have made more money with videos. It's a fact. Like the amount of money she invested in, it would have returned in ad revenue, streaming revenue, um, more assets, more merchandising opportunities, etc, etc, etc. Like she leaves money on the table. So now we have to ask ourselves, in as much as you're right, she is a capitalist and a staunch capitalist. Does she leave money on the table just to prove a point? Does she leave money on the table as part of her marketing mystique so that she realizes that she's maximizing and it's like the Nike thing because even Krims put it here, the, the Nike stock price is, is dropping. Is there's, there's always going to be peaks and troughs. What you want to do as a as a business or a, uh, a creative, especially, is maximize that peak so that the troughs aren't as bad. Is she leaving money on the table to extend it, or is she doing it because she doesn't want to do it? Which is also fine. And I, I, I'm not sitting here claiming that she's not she doesn't care about art. So I, I don't want I don't want to imply that she clearly is an amazing artist. But I, I, maybe it's because I work in marketing. So to me reclaiming black genres is a marketing position, man. That's what that is. It's a marketing position. Ugh. Do you think, do you think, you think, but, but two things can be true. It can be a marketing yes, position and fine. it can be an ideological stance as well. Possibly true as well. Because ideological stances are also part of marketing. Why is Ben and Jerry's popular? Ideological stances are, I wouldn't say they are part of marketing. I would say they are almost completely marketing. But I'm just a cynic. Don't don't listen to me on that. Remember when we had that conversation on this podcast when we were talking about her uh, Ivy Park brand and we were talking about what could she potentially do to leverage her incredible influence into some kind of product or whatever it is that she can do outside of music and entertainment. Um, I I'm you saw that she's since launched or is in the process of launching. Um, um, uh, makeup, skincare, um, fragrance. I don't think it's officially launched. I think there's like samples that are going. I, may, I might be mistaken. The, the beehive can can shave. It's already officially out. Again, I don't think that's. I don't think that's her route. And and I think it's because, for Rihanna, it made sense because her. She she seems very 
beauty brand for everyone. But it's Beyonce also, it's also has, because Rihanna gets in the Rihanna's, Rihanna in is, the trenches. She's it's her face. She's the one who's there. She's the one who's showing you putting on. Beyonce's whole aura is mystical, unattainable. You know, like Queen can't touch her. I think it's going to be very difficult to sell skincare, beauty products, maybe beauty products to a certain extent, fragrances. Oh, you know, I was actually having a conversation. It's a bit of a distraction, but it was very interesting. I was having someone who's a staunch Beyonce fan recently, like staunch. This person, every time there's a tour, whether it's flying to Houston, going to London, going to Paris, wherever, they're there. At these shows, every Ivy Park drop, like, they literally have every Ivy Park ever released. And to my surprise, I was having a conversation to, with them about like this new, these new singles. And she was like, oh, I've divested from Beyonce. I was like, why? And she's like, that, that same conversation we have, she's like, yo, fam, she, she's supporting an apartheid state. As much as I love her, I can't reconcile and I'm done. And I was like, Phew. So like, it also informed like the conversation we had earlier because like this is someone who's dedicated their life to like it's almost part of their identity, and then they're like, "Now nah, I'm done," and that so that's interesting. I think Beyonce has lost some of her key fans because of that, and I don't know if the new fans she's courted in this um, trying to play the middle ground are going to be as rabid as some of the black socially aware mm. fans that especially because that's been her brand isn't it her yeah. brand has been very um socially conscious fight for right uh fight for equality that's been her brand i can see why a lot of people would turn away although someone did say i saw someone again it was probably someone who was a huge fan say it's not beyonce probably didn't personally um show her show in in Israel or or she or or rather these were things that were put together in the deal and the contracts and the plans and she just went along with it. So perhaps she should have um removed it or cancelled it. But it's not that she actively did. No, but but the thing is when it became it sounds like a weak defense to be honest. It is a weak defense because let's let's just say like and that, that's very possible. Like Fam, you stand a standard distribution agreement, you're on tour, like you're thinking of a lot of things, you, you're juggling a lot of issues. At that time, October 7th hasn't happened. So, sorry, it wasn't skincare, it was hair care that she launched. It's called Secret. 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 I don't know, eh? Isn't she famous for her wigs? Why is she selling hair care? Anyway, Shh. sorry, go ahead. Shh. Is it wig care? Shh. Weave care by Beyonce. Shh. Oh, that's the secret. <laughs> anyway, so she might not have been involved in all these things and it might have fallen through. And it happens, you know, everyone's human. But then the moment it aired and then people were like, yo, yeah, uh, protect your bag. It's the, the same. The, the idea for uh, using your song as a, as a war chat. She yeah, should have been like, she, that's that, that is, that is. Yeah, that was that video. That video. Yeah, that, that video of of people singing "Break My Soul" as bombs are going off over Gaza behind them. Ah, that one's gonna be a you can't. Ah, you know that's a that's a, that's a big blight. That's a big blight on your memory. Anyway, right. let's move on to some music, Dan. What, what what music are you feeling? I can't remember. Did we discuss that plagiarism claim? 
I think it was I think it was I think that must have happened shortly after we stopped. But okay, Holy 10's album's out. This is what I want to say about Holy 10. Holy 10 is A-list in Zim and he's a hip hop act. Not since Stana has that happened, I think. I love Junior Brown. Takura Yeah, okay, Takura I'll, I'll give it, but I think Holy 10 has surpassed them in terms of popularity. So uh Junior Brown I won't say that he was A-list. Junior Brown was a top act, but he was not headlining um the way that Holy 10 or that certain A-list artists can headline. Um Takura I think he can. I think he can. And Ish Takura has got some other stuff going on. Um but yeah, so I, I think I think it's worth celebrating such a big artist on pure artist merit but hey you know he's got his other issues going on and it's pretty clear to me that holy ten's marketing strategy is controversy and ain't nothing wrong with that i suppose it's if it works for you you do your thing but that's what it does beef um you know drastic tell all interviews uh, you know very public breakups with artists um you know beefing with biggest artists in the country arguably winky d all of that that's that's like his that's a strategy it's like controversy stay in the news music comes out always trending that having been said i went through the risky life 2 album um holy 10 is he's in the realm of pop rapper now so i listen to it with the ear of oh this will do good on radio oh this is kind of a bop but i'm not you know it's not it my hip hop my hip hop itch isn't scratched if that makes sense but the songs are like oh this is a bop okay cool 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 this has got a kind of a bounce to it all right cool cool hey this is going to do well on radio okay i can see this song popping off in the clubs cool 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 but i've never the whole i went through the whole album and i never thought yo now that's what you call my bars you know what i'm saying that being said That's a tune. This ah, this is his best song. This is my light. This people to bring back Benjamin Mills Mondays, bro. Ah, Zimmy will be pretty safe right now. Zimmy will be very safe. I mean, you're aware this is not only 10, right? It's Volts. Okay, cool. That's cool. Because I just, because as, as you were talking, I was like, no, ah, yeah, this is a dope song. And I was like, no, wait, I think, he think, I think he implied that this was, anyway. Volts started this year on fire. Everything he's touched has turned to gold. The biggest song in the country. Now, um, the song that everyone was calling Nawana Dem, which is actually called Dance. Hmm. Did you see Timba? <laughs> <laughs> Now one of them. Yeah. No, I'm Koma Brian is a tune. Ah, no. It's a tune. Uh, emotions, bars, just flow. I love that song. Very cool song. Um, even Holy Ten and um, K-Flow's collaboration of his new album, Risky Life. I could kind of vibe with that. I, I loved K-Flow's verse on there. Mm. K-Flow's having a solid year, man. Hmm? Then... 
Yeah, I, I think we discussed about it. Yeah, it was quite a surprise to, to realize Carizzi is handling cave flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good with the branding. I also met the the director that does a lot of cave flow's videos. Um, he also does a lot of stuff with Miss Red. Yeah. Cool stuff. All right, look, uh, listen, we've given you guys a bumper episode. We're approaching three hours, Phil. I got to go now. Um, we want to say thank you very much for being with us. Thank you for sticking with us. We are back with another year. This year is going to be big. Uh, soon we're going to be introducing video. In fact, today was supposed to be a test case, but uh, but don't worry. In the coming weeks, we'll be having a video on this show as well. Um, we're going to be aiming for that consistency. Here's, my, here's what I'm saying. This is a return episode. Fine, understandable. But in general, we can't do three-hour episodes, Phil, because if we commit to three-hour episodes, it's going to be so hard on days when I'm feeling low, I'm feeling tired, or you're feeling tired. Like, yo... If we know, ah, game face on, one and a half hours, let's go. We can do this. And okay, you know, every now and again, we can do something a little bit longer than usual. No problem. But that, that gives you consistency. You know what I'm saying? We cut out a lot of the fluff. We get, we get some really good, you know, insightful discussions. Um, again, we are going to appeal to you to please uh, be part of our Patreon subscribers. That's what supports the podcast. Uh, we have a goal for this year and we need more Patreon subscribers for us to be able to reach the things that we want to do. So, twobroketumbles.com forward slash donate. Subscribe at the lowest tier if you uh, are able. That's $5. Or you can go up, uh, all the way up to the Minga tier who are paying $100 a month, who are who are supporting the podcast uh, and helping us to also grow in these discussions that we have. If you like these discussions, or if, you've, if there's something that moved you, made you feel passionate, made you laugh, made you think, uh, made you disagree vehemently, whatever it is, whatever emotion you're feeling, use that as fuel to enter your card number into the Patreon and send us money every month that will allow us to start planning, increase our equipment, allow us to bring you uh, things like video, exclusive interviews, um, events for some of you. Uh, Of course, everything that we do will always go past the Patreon subscribers first. Uh, This is the first episode that's going to have a section that's exclusive to Patreon. So there's a section that you didn't hear. Uh, It was probably a a nice, healthy chunk of some good debate and good discussion and some of our own insights. Um, That one is going to go exclusively to Patreon subscribers. You're welcome, guys. If you too would like to be one, twobroketumbers.com forward slash donate. If you'd like to hit us up, you can hit us up in the DMs of uh, Two Broke Twimbles or any of us individually, Phil Chard, Danny, that guy. Or you can send an email to that same uh, email address, donate at twobroketumbles.com. If it's a question, if it's a discussion, if it's something that's bending you in your heart. If it's like, listen, you know what? I love how you guys talk about how to handle things. I've got a bending problem. Hey, you know, if you trust us like that, you can also send that through to us and uh, we'll discuss that on the podcast. Anything else, Philip? No, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, we're back. Thank you guys so much for your patience. We appreciate it. We, you know, I mean, we also are human. You know, we, we have lives. We have mental health issues. We have health issues that we need to address. So we appreciate your passions, but we are back and this is going to be our biggest year ever. We're also planning something for our one year anniversary, probably a small get together. So if you are ten year anniversary, so yeah, our ten year anniversary. So if you are keen to be part of that, please do let us know. Um, that's going to be a fun. That's going to be a fun night. We look forward to seeing all y'all there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the first episode of twenty twenty four is in the can. Shout out to everyone who looked for us and encouraged us to come back. This one's for you, and especially you, our Patreon subscribers. We'll catch you in the next one. We out. Aha! Hey. Marcus BD 